Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the seasonal changes that are potentially coming in the future to Destiny that Luke Smith talked about in his director's cut. I want to talk a little bit more about this because there's been some speculation and concern about what he said. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live when I'm streaming, or if you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, the little bell button, and a comment is a great way to help me out. Also, if you're on YouTube, you can see the concept art here that we, we got to see a little bit early. Somebody was grabbing it from the, the, the Bungie site that the, the, the landing page hasn't gone live yet. So by the time this hits YouTube, this will be kind of old news. But the cool new concept art, Anna with a dagger and the fourth horseman in the hands of Zavala. So seasonal changes that are potentially coming were hinted at and sort of talked about in some detail by Luke Smith in the director's cut. And this has gotten some attention. Paul Tassie wrote an article saying he's a little bit concerned if that's the way that they're going. Just this morning we were talking about how this would relate to, you know, landing the plane of Destiny 2 as they ramp up for Destiny 3. How they would maybe lean more on existing pieces of the game instead of new pieces of the game. So first I'm going to walk through what did he say. Then when I'm going to ask the question, will this work? Will these these new ideas and approaches to seasonal content, will it work? And I'm going to end by saying a mixture of both would probably be a good idea. So I'm just going to read you a couple things that Luke said that I think are really important. He said, what we're discussing now, and which is early enough that things might still change, is how we focus our efforts around seasons and a development from a developmental standpoint, which we're also trying to create the moments to make memories, while also balancing the amount of fear of missing out. This is a tricky balance because these elements don't connect neatly, and in many cases, they work against against each other. He also said in no in no, you know, bland or vague terms, there's too much FOMO presently, fear of missing out, and they're going to do less of it going forward. Now, that doesn't mean that the spring season around the corner, season of the worthy and the summer season, will probably be very similar to what we've had now. I would say starting in September and beyond, they're going to try to minimize FOMO. He says, this year's uh, version of the season has too much FOMO in them, we want to fix this, and next year's seasons will have less. So he's saying, you know, next next year's seasons. Because we aren't spending our development resources and time as well as we could, we're talking about moving away from creating season-bespoke private activities and instead using that time and effort to build themes that aren't just represented by a marquee event that will fade away, but rather to inject these seasonal themes into more of the game. Like we continue to evolve the world's narrative, we could invest more in the evolving world of our public spaces and take further efforts to evolve Destiny 2's core activities. So people obviously hearing this are like, wait, What does he mean? What is he talking about? Does that mean we're not going to get a sundial that comes in the game and goes away? It does seem that they want to lean away from here's a sundial. It's gone in three, you know, it's gone in three, uh, three months. Now he ends by saying, what could investing in core activities look like? It could mean more rewards being distributed into these activities, or it could mean taking a theme for a season and using it to galvanize strikes. If we're going to ask players to engage with these activities, we have an opportunity to leverage rewards throughout the season. Imagine the armor sets or sundial weapons being woven into core activity reward pools, or imagine experience the experience of pushing and pursuing for roles for a sweet weapon that could only be found in a given playlist as an end-of-match reward like the Crucible Is Luna. Now, obviously, I think that causes some eyebrows to go up because there was no targeted farm for Is Luna. It was just a pray that you get it and a lot of people never got a good one. I wouldn't actually say that was a good weapon pursuit or loot pursuit, but the idea that Luke is talking about is those would be the places you would go for new loot as opposed to a seasonal piece of content that goes away after a while. 
So will this work is the big question. This is kind of the question that Paul Tassi posed. Would this keep the game alive? Would people be willing to put up with mainly core activities getting attention and not something quote-unquote new coming into the game? This kind of feels like Bungie is stuck between two tough decisions. If they continue to do seasonal activities like Vex Offensive or The Sundial, they're clearly going to put things in the game that are somewhat basic. They're they're very sort of straightforward, obviously, because it's a six-man match-made activity and they have to do something that's not so insanely memorable or or a core element of the game that when it goes away it feels like the game has been dismo- you know demolished or dismantled to some degree it has to be like he says in oceans 11 he has to like you and forget about you the minute you walk away right we have to like the content but we can kind of forget about it the minute it goes away it's kind of the goal here and i think that's not ideal I've always said this isn't the best scenario. I don't think Bungie's happy about the fact that they have to design content that eventually goes away. I don't think this is the absolute best scenario. So now they're looking at moving away from doing that and focusing on core activities. Folks might feel like Strike's Crucible Gambit and the planets need some love, but I don't necessarily know if people are saying that's all I really want to engage with season to season, and I think that's going to be a challenge if they go down this road. There's no doubt right now that if you look at Zavala, Shaxx, Drifter, and the planetary spaces that they're just completely not getting any love or treatment it kind of feels like a very barren game we tend to cluster around whatever the new thing is and in this case it was sundial sundial was pretty good but after an entire season of sundial i think people are kind of sick of it and ready to move on so it's not as if that wouldn't be the same scenario with strikes or crucible or whatever if they have you focusing on those activities you would likely get sick of them by the end of the season in a similar fashion. I think the difference is, is strikes don't go away. So if they're doing like a theme, as I said, with the snowballs, they could do a season of the SIVA where you're going through strikes and you're grabbing SIVA charges instead of snowballs or hive swords or whatever. Is that going to change strikes enough to make you feel like, oh man, sign me up for another season of strike grinding or going on the planets or whatever. There's also things to consider with Escalation Protocol, Blind Well, The Forges, Reckoning, and Menagerie. Those are slowly fading in relevancy. No one really gives a crap about them. I mean, it, it, they might care about them. I don't want to make it sound like they're worthless, but more and more people are going to drift away from those activities. So it's not just a matter of strikes and crucible. There are there are other places where you could invest in repurposing the actual content giving you a reason to go in there changing in the field changing the flow and the bosses and putting some loot in there truth be told after you run sundial once or twice it's kind of like okay i get it this is something i I, you know i'm going to be doing all season i think the difference is again some of the strikes have been around for such a long time they'd have to really consider some creativity in order to make this work Generally speaking, quote-unquote reskins and repurposing content is something that folks really, really look down upon when spending their money, but I also think people have been arguing against the idea of content going away. So in a, in, it's, from a certain angle here, Bungie can't win. Whatever they decide to do is likely to upset some portion of the community in the way that they do it. I want to end by talking about a mixture. Some of this is just some of my ideas on how they could pull this off in a way that it would work 
and it would feel like, okay, we're not getting something that expires, but at least we're getting something that's exciting and new. I might be asking a little too much asking for a hybrid, but I do think they could have a new thing or a new activity that maybe is a little bit more low-key than Sundial. Maybe it's a little bit more woven into the public space like Escalation Protocol was, and it has loot. That loot can also be distributed throughout the game. Strikes, Crucible Playlist, uh, Gambit, etc. So you kind of have a variety of options of loot pursuit depending on the day or the week. I don't know if they can do that. If they're going to be investing in the core activities, refreshing them, making them better, more exciting with new loot, uh, you know, a new feel, they might not also be able to create a new activity. I don't feel like this necessarily needs to be a dichotomy of we're choosing between a seasonal activity or investing in core activities. I feel like maybe they could do both. That might not be possible, though. They may look at it and say, it's not really in the cards. We don't have the bandwidth for it. If they are going to invest in things like Crucible and the Strikes, an idea that I had on the Rageous Roundtable would be create a seasonal strike playlist. It would not it would not replace the strike playlist or the strikes, but the seasonal strike playlist would be like a selection of five strikes or something, not all of them, and those five strikes would be completely repurposed and retooled. So then after three months, the next season rolls around, it would be five completely different strikes. So you wouldn't feel like, oh man, I'm so sick of these strikes it'd be like okay new modifiers new things going on a new theme and now i'm not going to be going into the strikes that i was going into last season there's good and bad here now would certainly try to keep things fresh so season to season you're, you're going into brand new strikes and fights and things that feel different if bungie has an entire season to invest in existing strikes they could probably make them pretty cool and pretty different but the dilemma would again be I, you know, I ran Sundial for three months and I got sick of it. I ran these strikes for three months and I got sick of it. I think one advantage to this system is five strikes is significantly more, you know, different engagements, different environments, different boss fights, different feelings than Sundial. Sundial is very samey after just a couple of runs and it's always sort of the same boss fight. And I do think five strikes would probably feel better than just one activity that's very narrow and it goes away. Crucible playlist could do something similar. There could be a seasonal Crucible playlist with modifiers, with something unique, with something different, with different rule sets. So you're going in, pursuing that new loot, and feeling like you're getting that sense of progress and reward that Crucible so desperately needs outside of Trials. Gambit with modifiers could be another thing. You could kind of get rid of one of the Gambit hoppers, and you could say, okay, here's Gambit, but then here's the seasonal version of Gambit. There's modifiers. It's different. And then again, as I said, Escalation Protocol, Blind Well, The Reckoning, uh, The Forges, The Menagerie, all these places could get similar treatment here's a seasonal theme and feel with modifiers and rules and different changes so the game feels like it's getting a lot of retreatment and repurposing repurposing activities and playlists is a good idea the big big dilemma and the challenge is going to be making it feel new and fresh enough so people don't feel like they're spending ten dollars for literally just a reskin with new loot to chase so it's going to be interesting to see the direction that they go i do think this Paired with some of the other things that Luke Smith talked about, sunsetting weapons, the changes to the seasonal mod slot, this could be a very scalable system for Destiny 2 for it to survive for a couple more years while they start to shift bandwidth to the next game. I would really, really applaud them doing that. We know we're going to end up getting a light year of Destiny eventually. This could help them get there and really stretch D2 out a little bit longer. The more time they get for the next game, the better. And I think some of the things Luke Smith is outlining will both serve the present game to let it kind of land and come 
down as, as the plane cruises down. It'll also serve the next game for scalability, longevity, and keeping the game alive. As always, we're going to go to question and answer next. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the seasonal changes coming in the future that Luke Smith hinted at. Not anytime soon, but he did discuss it in his director's cut. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. Or if not and you're on YouTube, you can hit like, share, subscribe. You can hit the little bell button. You can leave a comment. I appreciate everybody who has been doing that. I'm going to try my best to stay focused on the questions while also plowing through some of the Fractaline here to get uh, my my legendary shard use out of all of the stuff that I saved up from the donations and the... Well, actually, this is all from my resonance being really high. So, Dra- Draco Killa says, What are your thoughts on trade houses where you can seal... Uh, and buy unwanted god rolls. Oh, sell. Sell and buy unwanted god rolls from other players for glimmer or shards. I think this is one of the absolute worst things you can do in a loot-based game. I think it has literally no place in any loot-based game that I've ever seen. Uh, to sell and buy loot like that, I, I do not think that you ever, ever want this to come to a game. It, it It's completely antithetical to loot grind it has nothing to do with loot grind going and buying anything from the tower that is really really good i think is a mistake we had a similar discussion on the rageous roundtable we've had a similar discussion recently about how you know at the end of d1 you would go every week and you would like check the tower for god rolls I really don't think that's the way forward for any parts of Destiny. We can honor the spirit of a vendor by doing something like I call weapon boons. You would go to an NPC, you would buy a weapon boon, and the weapon boon would have that weapon then dropping in a particular playlist. So, like, a strike or crucible or something. Targeted farming and intentional grinds and things of that nature, that's in line with the identity of Destiny. An auction house is just not. And I don't think Bungie will ever do something like this. It just has no place in the game. And generally, when these sort of things crop up in games, they don't have a good effect on the game or the grind. ZZ Spain. Do you think that there will be any kind of armor rework or protection to account for harder activities? You go flawless in trials, you get a stat roll of 48, like pit armor rolling. Bungie hasn't said anything about this, but I definitely think Cosmo said during... Shadowkeep and Season of Undying he definitely said they had their sights set on aspirational content not having good stat rolls like Garden of Salvation and the Dungeon so this is not something that they're oblivious to but we don't know if they have any plans to do anything in the near future my estimation would be that because Trials is its own pool it'll be similar to Iron Banner Iron Banner stat rolls were really good and it was its own set. I think what killed the dungeon was it was Dreambane armor and Dreambane armor I think was naturally sort of sequestered down because you could just grind it for forever as many times as you wanted at the lectern table. And so they didn't want that to be a source of high stat roll armor and so when they dumped Dreambane armor into the dungeon that loot pool was already kind of it already had rules applied to it. Given that Trials will be its own thing, I would imagine that Trials armor will be pretty good, so I wouldn't be too concerned about this. Bungie does need to figure out what they're going to do with environments like Garden of Salvation or future raids, because 
I don't really think there was an excuse for the garden roles that they were that they that they put into the game. I don't think those the, the stat propensities in Garden of Salvation made no sense at all. Um, it could have been an oversight. It could have been one of those things where maybe they weren't really sure what they were going to do with the armor just yet, so they tried to play it safe and they didn't want to just swing too hard at giving us lots of great stat rolls. Maybe they knew that we were going to go into the next season and need to let go of our armor, so they wanted to be kind of careful about that. With the new system, you are always going to grind for the new armor, but not immediately. You can kind of take your time, so near the end of Season of the Worthy, you can start grinding for the armor to get ready for the next season, so you're always ready going into a season to equip the brand new mods, but that's not quite the same as what you know what they did going from undying to worthy i'm sorry going from undying to dawn so it it really does depend upon i think some of that if they if they finally get the armor system figured out and where they want it to go and where they want it to be then i think they're empowered to say we can give you great stat rolls and aspirational content because you're always sort of rolling forward and changing out your armor anyway because of the seasonal mods the seasonal mods are a question mark right now we don't know if the seasonal mods are going to be good enough to warrant this are they going to be consistently strong enough and cool enough for you to really want to start replacing all your armor are you going to be like well the more i look at these you know these mod slots i'm gonna go back to my dawn armor i'm gonna go back to my you know whatever armor you were wearing before so i definitely think there's an element of it's uncertain right now if they're gonna really lean into this heavily enough but in my mind that's what they need to do there needs to be a a strong push for you to consider using you know the new seasonal slots because if they're if if the new if the new seasonal mods are not interesting, then I really do think you're gonna you're gonna see people sort of gravitating away uh, away from you know even even caring about using them or going towards anything new. And I think that would be um, that would be a concern because. But a lot of what they're building right now is a system of perpetual incentive. So like every season, every six months, every 12 months, there's a perpetual incentive. There's a reason for you to buckle down and grind for the stuff. And that's why they're having to sunset weapons. That's why they're doing the seasonal mod freedom. So as far as stat rolls, I think stat rolls could start to land and make more sense once they get that system figured out. Professor Broman Jr. What's the seasonal uh, new seasonal pass exotic? It's a it's an auto rifle called Tommy's Matchbook. Is that what's called Tommy's Matchbook? I think. Ulysses uh, sees you says, seeing the dagger. Do you think that we might get a dual wield? Uh, they really want to put some love into swords. I've said since Destiny One, it'd be great to get a dual wield melee weapon like the Fallen use. Like there's the the captains and the vandals come up and like do these little cool spin moves on you and stuff. I think the the dagger is the artifact. Well, we don't think we know that the dagger is the artifact. We haven't done anything with the artifacts. So the Lantern of Osiris looks cool. It's animated. You know, it lit up. I think once we powered it up, uh, you know, the sword might change and light up and do different things the more we invest in it. Um, but I also think that it could be something maybe at the end they could say, Hey, we're going to give you, uh, we're going to give you a, a sword you pull it out and you kind of have this sword from the artifact. Maybe, maybe not. Bob Azard, with 17 months. Thank you. Table GFG. 
Do you think Bungie will ever be able to contain the perpetual issue of power creep in Destiny 2? And is sunsetting weapons a step in the direction for doing so uh, versus not? That's exactly what they're doing. I think a lot of people that are upset about it sometimes forget that this change is in response to something that's been that's been taking place in the game since the King's Fall raid. Since the King's Fall raid, Bungie has had to make aspirational loot pretty boring and pretty ho hum because they let you infuse it for forever, and because they let you infuse it for forever, they can't go too crazy with it. And I use the Touch of Malice as an example. The Touch of Malice was an exotic that functioned really, really well in King's Fall Raid. And then because it was going to go into Wrath of the Machine and essentially destroy the entire raid, they nerfed it before Wrath of the Machine launched. If they would have sunset the Touch of Malice, they wouldn't have had to do that. They would have been able to say, nope, Touch of Malice can always be great. It can always function exactly how it always did in King's Fall. It's sunset. It's not going to affect Wrath of the Machine. But because they weren't sunsetting it, they had to nerf fit so you can see anything that rises above the surface as being truly strong or truly efficient or unique ends up getting nerfed down the line whether it's izanagi's i mean we even have relevant you know legendaries in the game that were kind of like this with the recluse uh and the ikolos shotgun ikolos is a bit more of an outlier though it was definitely doing the power damage of an exotic heavy weapon because it was a heavy weapon at one time and i think that's one of the main reasons it needed to be nerfed but the recluse is another example i think of them saying Hey, this weapon is really strong. It's functioning outside the bell curve. And since it's not getting sunset, they had to do their own little check to its power creep. Because if not, it never would have been unseated as a primary. It was always it was always going to be the right choice unless there was like content that like the enemies were super far away. They said at the time they're not doing anything with exotics, but I, I can almost promise you it's going to get to exotics because the Touch of Malice is a perfect example of, hey... If this thing's not infusible in 9 to 12 months, then we can go a little crazy with it. I think they could do a lot more with exotics if they knew it was non-infusible past a certain point and therefore would not invalidate future content. Like, I don't know, if the Galahorn makes a return, that'd be a perfect way to say it can only be infused up to this power level, so in approximately 12 months, it's no longer endgame viable. You could enjoy your, your Galahorn in public spaces, lost sectors, strikes, even in the Crucible if you want, but you wouldn't be able to take it into endgame content. That's the whole point. This is an antidote to power creep. The way I described it the other day is, I feel like most of the endgame legendaries... Most of the legendaries at the tip of the pyramid, at the tip of the weapon pyramid, are like a 7 or an 8, okay? They're 7 or an 8, and anytime something hits hits a 9 or a 10, eventually it has to be nerfed, because you'll never unseat the 9 or the 10. The Recluse was a 10, right? You were never going to unseat that weapon, it was too good, okay? The idea now is with this system, they can consistently give us 10s because it doesn't stay a 10 for forever. So you're, I know people might be like, well, doesn't that mean I'm always swapping out a 10 for a 10? Not necessarily. Because they're affording themselves more freedom with respect to with respect to the way that they're setting this up, they're giving themselves a little bit more freedom. In that case, you're not in a situation where you're going to feel like, well, you know, I'm just doing a lateral upgrade. 
they would have more freedom to say not only this is this weapon a 10 but because it's going to get sunset we went a little wild with the perks so one weapon to another might feel a lot different the problem is now you go from like an a seven or an eight to another weapon that's a seven or an eight and the perks are virtually the same the hope would be going from a 10 to a 10 from one year to the next like let's say there's a hand cannon from last year that's a 10 and you love it and there's a new hand cannon that's a 10 in the new season and you're going after it because your old hand cannon got sunset the hope would be it wouldn't just be a 10 with virtually identical perks but because they have more room in the upper echelons now as luke smith said they would be able to create a weapon they would be able to create a weapon that is unique and and strong and powerful it would be the genesis chain effect but even better i constantly said we just need the genesis chain effect we just need something that's actually unique they would be able to go one further they'd be able to be like well it's not only is it unique but it's unique and it's powerful because it's going to get sunset in nine to ten months a johnny if they're going to sunset all the old weapons, why are we still getting forsaken weapons in the open world loot pool? The change hasn't taken place yet. It's not going to be immediate. I don't think they're going to just completely decimate your entire. Uh, they're not going to decimate your entire, you know, pool. Um, that would be kind of strange for them to do that. Um, so I don't. I don't think you're you're going to suddenly feel like oh my entire pool of weapons has just gotten completely and utterly decimated they're not doing it yet and even when they do it i think they're going to do it piecemeal they're going to take it one step at a time i think they would do like one you know year one first and uh and then they would you know roll it off cami drewski fallout all think this is a bad idea as well not a fan I would love to hear people as sort of their level of interaction with the game and their experience promoting or putting forth a better system because I can't think of a better system. Anytime this came up in the past, I always said the same thing. You should just get to a point where something can't be infused. It's still in your inventory. They're not taking it away from you. You just wouldn't be able to take it into the end game. That would drive you to the end game to get some of the best gear to chase some of the best stuff. And everybody thought I was crazy. And the exact item, the exact idea verbatim is is what's happening. So I, I'm, I'm not trying to put a feather in my cap, but it's kind of like, okay, if you guys don't like the system, I would love to hear other suggestions because this is if this has been a problem since Taken King, we can't act like we can just keep doing what we're doing. I don't, I don't think the answer is to be like, well, no, nothing was wrong with the weapon system at all. Nothing was wrong. And I think Paul Tassie was good to make the point last night. We have way more weapons now than we ever did in D1. I ended D1 with three hand cannons, and I have 15 right now. So, like, the weapon pool is bloated to absurdity right now. It's not even comparable to what we had in D1. Not even remotely comparable to what we had in D1. So... There needs to be there needs to be a, a, a solution put forth if people don't like the current one. Their level of interaction with the game is at a higher level than most people. They understand the sandbox more than most people. This is a move to satisfy casuals. It is not a move to satisfy casuals. That makes absolutely zero sense. How does how does sunsetting weapons do anything for a casual? Casuals don't go into the end game. Casuals don't play dungeons. Casuals don't play raids. Casuals probably won't play Grandmaster Nightfalls. This literally has no effect or benefit for casual players whatsoever. I have no under I have no I have no grasp for why you would think this has anything to do with casuals. If you're playing the game infrequently or at lower hours, or you're kind of living in public spaces and strikes and stuff, this will do almost nothing. This will do almost nothing for you. Um, it'll do almost nothing for you. 
I, I, I don't think this has anything to do with casuals. So. Jinja 300. Um, they mentioned changes to public spaces. Do you think this could mean something like the Dreaming City Curse, for example, a hive theme season uh, taking place? I mean, I don't, we, I don't need to read the rest. They basically showed the EDZ with like Warmind stuff any, everywhere uh, for the next season. So. Because people are more casual than they like to think. That still doesn't have anything to do with... with that has nothing to do with Luke Smith saying truly aspirational content will have better loot in it. will have stronger legendaries that are better than everything else in their classification. That's not targeted at casuals. I think it's a total misread of his reasoning. Zeppi Prime. Wait, did I already scroll down? Yeah, I did. Um, Zeppi Prime. Do you think that refreshing old activities like Forges would mix well with weapon retirement as well as bringing back retired guns with fresh perks. There's a real danger here, right? There's a real danger here of of being like, well, they took our weapons away by sunsetting them, and now they're just giving them back to us for $10, right? Like, I, I don't think that that would maybe be the best case. Now, what you could do is you could say, the Forge's aesthetic was awesome, so they already have an artistic aesthetic that they can work within, so it wouldn't be another kindled orchid. It could be, you know, I don't know, a forged a forged tulip. <laughs> I'm freaking making stuff off the top of my head. It could just be another weapon similar to that aesthetic, but then obviously you could institute the new roles, the new perks, some of the new power, you know, get people kind of excited about it. So, I would say that they could do this, but they have to be really, really careful. I always have this concern about how they go about when they repurpose something. I have always championed that idea. Repurpose old content, the forges, blind well, escalation protocol, eventually getting into the reckoning and the menagerie. Why would you not repurpose these activities? They're good activities. They're good environments. It's not just a strike. It, you know, it's not just a daily mission. It's not just a public space, right? So I've always championed that idea, but Bungie has to be very, very careful. If you're going to charge me for a $10 season called Season of the Reforge or something, and you're basically just giving me back all the forge weapons with different roles... I don't think that would sit too well with the community. Even people that like sunsetting, even people that really, really like some of the ideas that Bungie's doing with the seasonal content, maybe even moving away from expiring content and moving towards investing in core activities, like we talked about in the video, even people that are in support of that might be like, eh, this is just a bunch of weapons I already had before. They would essentially, I think, here's what they could, they could gain some bandwidth by saying, we're going to repurpose, you know, existing spaces so we don't have to rebuild anything, but we can add new mechanics and new bosses. And then the weapon pool, we already have an art aesthetic to take inspiration from. We can use those weapons and put those in there and have and have new weapons, new names, new looks, but it would be you know, it would be a it would be a a new weapon, not another kindled orchid. It would be a different hand cannon. So it's a real risk. They didn't make any mention of Escalation Protocol in the announcement for Season of the Worthy, and I really did think that they were going to they were going to do something with it. They were going to give it a quality of life pass, and it, they've made zero mention of it. That's actually really surprising to me. They updated it. 
the armor's dope, the guns are dope. That felt like an easy win to me. Um, that could be maybe something that happens later in the season to cushion the blow of people being like, reskin. They could do something later in the season as a surprise. Remember how they didn't put Altar of Sorrows on the season, uh, the one season calendar? There could be something similar going on with Escalation Protocol. I'm not going to hold my breath, but the bottom of the season calendar does say and more, and they could basically say, well, now that all the legendary forges and the bunkers have been beaten, now we can give you the final month push for Escalation Protocol getting updated, and the reason they could save that till later in the season is because Escalation Protocol wouldn't be going away, it would stay in the game. One of the reasons they couldn't do anything super late last season with Sundial, they had to almost immediately, what was it, like, you know, three or four weeks in, immediately push out Legend. They only waited a month, and that might have been because Sundial's going away, and they didn't want people to feel like, well, you launched it so late, I didn't have time to play it, I didn't have time to grind it. Bungie could wait for a late season update to Escalation Protocol that could be nice, you know, a nice tie-in with everything that's been going on and, you know, leading up that season. But then also, it wouldn't be like, oh man, it's so late in the season, I'm not going to have enough time. It'd be like, no, it's EP, it's not going away. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath on that, but I really think it's a missed opportunity to repurpose that environment. That's the, the armor and the guns are awesome. That hand cannon, hand cannon, the SMG, the Ikelos shotgun, and the, and the sniper would be would be perfect candidates for random rolls. And the armor, I think, is super hot. I, 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 I worry that that's a missed opportunity, but again, Bungie knows more than me. Later on down the line, they may have plans for it because as Luke Smith said, they're going to start to shift seasons away from new activities that expire, and they're going to shift more toward activities, uh, investing in core activities. And that could be why they've kind of held on to EP and not done much with it, because they could be ultimately saying, we got to keep that one. We got to save that one. And if we do save that one, that's going to fit better with the new seasonal format going forward. Slayer X. Heading into the final week of Season of Stonks, um, what takeaways do you have that Bungie improved upon from Undying and where would you like to see further seasonal improvements? Okay, so I think that the sundial was fun, fresh, and new and dynamic enough to pass the test. The litmus test of like a good Destiny environment was it was quick, it was satisfying, it was it was enjoyable to try to go faster and to, you know, get more efficiency. It was ridiculously rewarding, okay? I would say that it maybe was a little bit too rewarding and a little bit too mechanical, just like picking your weapons at the end, like you're picking a value meal at a fast food place. I also think that expiring content continues to be a, they can't win. Expiring content is naturally going to be thinner, not as exciting, you know, not as substantive, and then people are going to complain about it expiring, and as Luke Smith outlined in his thing, like, the alternative would be to invest in core activities. I thought it got the job done. I thought that the Sundial got the job done. I do think ending the season doing what I'm doing right now is not the ideal weapon pursuit. I don't think pursuing weapons in the tower, I don't think weapon frames are the full evolution of the idea of a targeted farm i for one if you're familiar with my content you guys know i've been playing the one string banjo of ada's bounties ada's bounties weapon frames weapon frames weapon frames i play that one string banjo all the time i've adjusted my position because i believe we've gotten too much of a good thing it's too mechanical i'm basically like weapon frames and weapon bounties are you know akin to 
token slamming in the tower. It's currency driven, it's going into lost sectors, it's doing things that aren't even that challenging, and then it spits out a weapon. I've kind of adjusted my position on this and moved towards weapon boons. You would buy the weapon boon, that throws you into an activity, and then it can have a high drop rate from the boss or from the end of game reward. I think what I'm doing right now is probably, as I said in past videos, This is like when your dad catches you smoking and makes you smoke the whole pack of cigarettes and you get so sick of them, you never want to see another cigarette in your life. I hope that people got a taste of getting god rolls in the tower or buying rolls in the tower or weapon bounties ad nauseum to the point that people are like, okay, I'm freaking sick of this. I would much rather be grinding for, for, for guns. I would much rather be grinding for guns out in the, out in the world, out in the actual game world. Um, that's a mean dad, but my, I, that never happened to me. I, those are just all, you always hear those stories. People talking about like your dad catches you smoking and he makes you smoke the whole pack because you literally get sick vomit. And then you look at cigarettes and you just, it's like a psychological trick. It's like a form of aggressive hypnotism. Every time you see cigarettes, you're going to feel nauseous and not want to smoke them, but you get the point. Like we're getting such it's all it's it, again it's too much of a good thing the idea that like i can literally hold buttons down in the tower and get lots of loot this is why weapon uh crafting should never come to the game because you're not actually grinding for for a gun or a drop you're grinding for a currency and the currency fuels the pursuit of the weapon or the making of the weapon and i don't think that's destiny so this was fine but i believe they can always be tweaking always improving always sort of learning from Player feedback and player behavior and then player sentiment always kind of land on things differently. So player feedback and player sentiment was give us intentionality, let us chase what we want, let us get what we want. And they gave us that and then people were like, whoa, not this much. This is a little bit too much. It's like telling somebody, dude, I would like a really, really big piece of cake and they literally put half of the birthday cake in front of you. You'd be like, I'm going to be sick if I eat all this. Now, somebody might be like, no, man, I'm going to eat all of it. But in general, you get the the picture in your mind of when you ask for something that you think you're really going to enjoy and you get too much of it, you tend to kind of be like, ugh. It's like when you eat too much for dinner and then you see a commercial for food and food that ordinarily is tantalizing and the sizzling of the burger and the steak is like, oh. But when you eat too much and you see a food commercial, you're like, ugh. I don't want to look at food right now. This is a similar scenario, I think. The Big Chill. Do you think bringing back D1 Exotics is bad for the end game, or are we thinking too much on it? I don't have a real problem with it. I do think sunsetting exotics is a solution to a lot of the pain we felt in the past when a prized exotic ends up getting chopped down. If Suros Regime would have gotten sunset, I wouldn't have had to get one a week after the nerf and been freaking ticked off. I would have gotten it, I would have enjoyed it for nine months, however long, six months, whatever, and it would have been great, and then they would have sunset it. But there was no sunset, there was no sunset mechanic in place back then and I I do I think people really really forget how often we've chased for something amazing and instead of just having it kind of fade a little bit still be relevant in certain pockets of the game it gets nerfed and then you stop using it whether it's the sleeper or in my case when it was the Suros regime or the touch of malice uh, you know I, I generally think that people struggle to think big picture it's like you're constantly you're constantly changing your loadout in relation to them having to nerf exotics. What if instead you were changing your loadout in relation to new awesome guns that were strong and then 
every you know every 10 months 11 months you shook it up a little bit only in the end game we do that anyway when i went in the garden i was not using stuff that i had used a year later i was using mostly new gear mostly new new uh new guns and I think in general most people do that in the end game. Every time there's a new raid or a new dungeon, we tend to cluster forward a little bit. Now, that might not be true with respect to like Ikala's shotgun and the midnight coup when people into last wish. Um, but I do think we're getting some really good rolls here. Swash, one two punch, demo, appended mag with rifled and range. We're getting some ones that we're gonna have to kind of consider and, and pit against others in some good roles on the perfect paradox so English oat cake what would your thoughts be if the seasons were two months long with a theme focused on existing content or four to six months where substantial activities were lengthier and weapon chases that go away I it, it doesn't sound like you're making significant differences here these sound minor it sounds like we would in general be doing the exact same thing we would be going into content, grinding it for a period of time, getting loot from it, and then it kind of fades into the background. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other. My wife hates that statement. She always says, oh, it's it's a bag of bagels or a box of donuts. Uh, She always makes fun of that saying. So we always say bagels and donuts whenever I say six of one. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other at this point. You shorten it or you lengthen it, you grind. There's how long the loot lasts, how long the activities last. Ultimately, you're just slicing the pizza, you know, different slight different size slices it's still the same size pizza they can still only make so much content in a given year they can still only make so much you know so many activities and so much loot in a given year just because you slice a pizza into four slices or 16 slices it's the same exact amount they're going to give us the same amount of content the same amount of guns the same amount of stuff however you slice this it ultimately doesn't matter to me because i think at the end of the day at the end of the day you're still I think you're still doing the same thing you're trying to keep the game going and moving you're keeping content relevant you're giving people things to do and chase it's a live service game Uh, it's a live service game so you're not putting the game down for long periods of time people that talk about they prefer the old DLC format and they would like to you know grind through content for a month and then take long significant breaks I, I, I can never ever you know resonate and connect with that I just that doesn't make sense to my brain it's a live service game it seems it seems completely um juxtaposed against the intention of a live service game to be taking huge significant breaks as opposed to playing at a rhythm every week and and month and day Bungie has tweeted, we're currently investigating issues with Banshee's 44 daily uh, and additional bounties. Until it's resolved, we don't recommend purchasing any additional bounties. So they tweeted that 40 seconds ago. Sodasan. Do you think the approach uh, right now to story that we have, the story weave into the season each week? Okay, hang on. Do you think the right approach is to have the story weave into the season each week? Example, week one is modified strikes. Week two, add a world boss to a planet and so on. Each week's content wouldn't go away, so you wouldn't have FOMO. I mean, I think this is a pretty good iteration on him saying invest in core activities. And what you're doing is you're trickling it out so... If you're getting sick of strikes, they add a world boss. If you're getting sick of the strikes in the world boss, they add legendary lost sectors. If you're getting sick of those three things, maybe they do something to the Nightfall. Maybe they do something to Gambit. Maybe they do something to Crucible. Uh, maybe they do a seasonal activity like something with the EAZ. I think there's a variety of ways they could do this. So after a month, 
there are eight different plates for you to spin instead of two plates that you get really, really freaking tired of spinning. The idea being that a little bit of strikes here if you feel like it, maybe not that, maybe go over here and run this, maybe run that, like the both the public space and the playlist getting some love as well don't forget about activities there are also activities in the game like blind well like the forges and the menagerie and escalation protocol that also if luke smith saying investing in both the course the core activities as well as public space those those are going to get treatment I don't think that they would ignore Blind Well or Reckoning or Forges or any of those things. I think those would also get some love as well. Grime. What do you think of the new trials when compared to old trials given changes to the game flow? I don't have a lot of predictions to make about it yet. Prescott. Don, Don and Worthy are going back to back and getting DLC story to be relevant again. Why do you think the community seems okay with back to back lore wise, but going back content wise is so anathema? People might not know what that means. Anathema is like something that's con- condemnable and terrible. Um, giving away some things about himself here, I think. Uh, I, I think there's a big difference in people's minds like going back content wise and revisiting stuff they've already done I think in a lot of people's minds there's a difference between that and going back in a story and revisiting stuff cause going back to Rasputin and then saying hey let's pick up where we left off is different than saying I have to spend the next three months running around an escalation protocol right? I, I do think there's a big categorical difference here that we can't really ignore you play a mission or watch a cutscene and then you're kind of done. The core activities, the core behavior, the content loop that they put before you, if it's a bunch of strikes you've run thousands of times already or escalation protocol that you've run thousands of times already, I resonate with and understand people that might recoil from that and be like, that's going to get boring really, really quickly. Also, you have to consider one of the values of the sundial and then sundial expires format. One of the advantages of that format is by the time you're sick of it, you're kind of like, it's fine if it goes away. I'm not going to lose any sleep about sundial going away. So if, if they shift to core activities, I think it's completely legitimate for people to be like, am I really going to want to run strikes for three months? And then what are you going to do next time? What are you going to do next time? When I'm sick of strikes, what are you going to do in the next season? More strikes? More, more, are you going to put swords in the strikes instead of, you know, SIVA charges? So I, I, I 100% think it's legitimate to have these kind of concerns about the depth of the content going forward if they move away from retiring activities and FOMO. I think it's admirable for Luke Smith to own the fact that, like, he feels there's too much FOMO and they want to move away from FOMO. FOMO means fear of missing out. If they want to move away from that, like, that's great. I think that's really, really admirable to own that and say that publicly to the community. But people have to understand, we got to meet Bungie halfway. We've got to meet Bungie halfway if they make these changes. We can't just be like, that sucks, don't do this. Okay, what's the alternative? Because if they're running out of room and they add something substantive that doesn't go away, they're going to have to start deleting stuff. Do you want to start voting on what gets deleted? You know what I mean? Um, Bobazard was 17 months. I already thanked that one. A brand new prime sum from Legally Warris. A three-month sub from Bar Southern. Noel plays games of 30 months and 23 months from McNugget. Thank you very much. Buy the rocket launcher bounty instead. You get enhancement cores at a pretty consistent rate, sometimes two at a time. I started in the 60s. Now I have more than 350. 
really you're you get enhancement cores from this one like i definitely am not like in dire need of legendary shards so the difference between legendary shard count is uh is probably negligible um so i've actually not heard that delete gambit yeah they probably can't do that reflections Lono, do you think the reason you love Warmind Aesthetic so much is because of your experience inside the Rise of Iron Raid? Personally, love Rasputin because of that DLC. Well, obviously, I love anything that's black and red. Um, I was also Patient Zero when the outbreak happened, so that was kind of cool. Um, you know, Wrath of the Machine is a, is a raid that will always be special to me. It was also my favorite raid. I think it's the best raid they ever created. A lot of people agree with me on this. This doesn't make me right. It's just, it's a commonly loved raid. Uh, even Glad was was resonating with me and agreeing with me when he was on the Rageous Roundtable about, like, why Wrath was such a good raid. So, Wrath of the Machine was great. The aesthetic was wonderful. It was my color scheme. I loved it. I really, really, truly did. There was so much to love. Yep, there we go. Two enhancement cores. Another enhancement core. Good call on the enhancement cores, dude. Um, Sniper is better for cores and the memes of deleting snipers because nerf incoming. Seems like it's probably pretty comparable. So... Yeah, I mean, there are there's a lot there's a lot wound up in me liking Wrath and Rise of Iron. There's a lot of layers there. The the aesthetic, I have a personal attachment to it. We, the infection that happened before it even came out, getting to be patient zero was pretty cool. Um, having videos made about it and having people like who was it? Was it um, Briar Rabbit calling me Typhoid Mary and stuff. I mean, that was that was pretty cool. I mean, that's that's memorable. We even made a you know a, a Patient Zero T-shirt just to kind of commemorate it. Is it, it was pretty fun. So, and again, anything that's like you know even the Tron jackets that we made. It's like it's like the the angular lights and the red and the black. It is just awesome. It's almost kind of Tron inspired. So, the voodoo. Do you think we'll be able to interact with Rasputin on Mars for the season? Kind of like the way we do with people in Tower. I don't know. He's like super far back there. It's not really easy to get to him unless they let us fast travel back there. Um, I don't think that that's likely. Um, what's Patient Zero? So do you guys remember when the Siva mites were like hovering around our heads in Destiny 1? It was like an infection and the Owl Sector stuff was going on and Bungie was updating Owl Sector and Bungie was updating uh, the map on how many people were getting infected and it was spreading by playing Strikes or Crucible with people. So that the first signs of the infection showing up in the game happened with me. I was basically patient zero. Like I was the first recorded person to be infected. And then Bungie had like an account. Um, they had like an account, like an owl sector account and they were in my chat and they, and they had like sort of like pre canned text where they were like, remain calm, we're investigating. And so then the re- like, please remain calm was like a meme on Twitter. We all changed our avatars. T- Twas gave us all different color avatars. And everybody tweeted just the w- words like, remain calm. It was really, really cool. It was a pretty, it was a pretty cool moment. Um, and it, I always think back on that as being like, that was sort of the crescendo of my time in D1 of being like the center of some stuff and then obviously the raid was just so freaking fun it was built for our style the way we approached raiding 
the way we thought about raiding with ringers and 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 the raffle system just it worked perfectly in wrath um so we'll try the sniper a couple of times here and two and see if we do get a higher enhancement core drop rate uh it's slowed down a little bit now on the rocket uh and we're perfectly out of glimmer that works Bungie should do more ARGs. They're always fun. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I was giving everybody a virus. Yeah, yeah. Not quite so funny these days with everything going on with Corona, but still. Um, next question from Monster Aces. Is Bungie increasing the power level uh, in Season of Dawn? Power level cap in Season of the Dawn? I think you mean to say Season of the Worthy. Uh, as far as I know, it will naturally probably need to go up, but they haven't said anything official at the moment. There's nothing on the website, but sunsetting weapons doesn't work. If you're not always edging us forward, even if by small amounts, um, so I honestly don't know. It'll probably be another 10 bump. I don't think they're going to do a big, they're not going to fiddle with it in a huge way. I don't think they would just do another 10 bump. It'll probably be in this week's TWAB. They mentioned a new seal in the same square they showed off Grandmaster Nightfalls. Do you think there'll be a strike? Yeah, probably. There's always like a PvE-related one, isn't there? Um, we gotta go to Spider. Hawk and Rain says, Will we have to wait for the TWAB to find out about load times? About load times? Oh, you mean like when we can load in and download? Yeah, I mean, they'll probably put that information in the TWAB on their website. Justin M. Will Bungie moving away from things like Sundial Vex Offensive and instead putting events on currently existing spaces, do you think it'll reinvigorate the game? People might react negatively. We already kind of touched this. I already kind of batted this ball around thinking through the risks and the potential benefits of going to a more let's reinvigorate core activities, let's reinvest in public spaces, let's reinvest in strikes and crucible and playlists and things like Blind Well. We've kind of already batted this ball around. I don't know much else I could say about the fact that it's risky to go this route but it's also risky to constantly be adding something that goes away i believe as i said in my talk it feels like they're kind of stuck between two tough decisions there isn't a perfect answer uh to what's going on vorpal do you reckon it's going to be like sword in the stone with the artifact in the way that we power it up and then we stick into Rasputin's arm, and then we... I don't know. I mean, they've not done anything like that with the relics up to now. They just change. So the Eye of the Gate Lord that we had in the in, in Season of the Undying, I, where is that? You know, is it sitting somewhere? Did we turn it into a lamp in our house? I, I don't know. So it would be unprecedented. It doesn't mean they wouldn't do it, but they haven't done anything like that yet. Lord Jack. Do you know what the Guardian games will be? Have they happened before? If they have not happened before, it seems to be the replacement of the Revelry, which was always kind of like the annual grind for really cool, unique looking armor uh, as a way to celebrate all that we've done. It looks more like a community event similar to the Empyrean Foundation where there's a thing in the tower that's kind of tracking our progress. I think it's going to be similar to that. Looks like there's a moat banking thing in the tower for a spot a blue spot for hunters, a yellow spot for warlocks, and a red spot for titans. And there's also seemingly like plaques, like little Hall of Fame plaques. Maybe those will light up and, and, and you know, highlight depending upon how everybody's doing, depending on how much people are contributing to it. Um, it it's, it's really, that's all, I would say that's all we know at this point. 
Um, uh, hang on a second. Uh, hang on a second. Okay, I gotta respond to that in a little bit. Uh, let's see here. Vapor Insanity. Do you think the Trial Sniper and Outbreak are ornaments or new weapons? Sniper looks like Revoker. The Sniper actually looks just like the D1 Trial Sniper. People said that the, the Scout looked like the Mita, but it isn't. It's the, it's the Inward Lamp. So, the ornament on Outbreak, it's probably just an Eververse ornament in, in theme with the season. Um, it probably is not a new weapon. That'd be really odd. The Outbreak is a very, very specific weapon with lore and a history in the game. I highly doubt that they would do that. So, it's likely just an ornament. Everything else is very much at this point almost assuredly confirmed that we combed over and looked at. It's all the D1 weapons. The D1 Trials weapons. Down to the freaking rocket launcher on the back of one of the warlocks. We combed over every image. Um, so, it is not going to be skins on existing weapons and I don't think that it's a brand new weapon. That outbreak has likely just got an ornament on it. Best of me. Think? Do you think autos will overrun Crucible like they did in D1 year one, especially with the fan favorite doctrine coming back? You know, you aren't going to hear any complaints from me. You are not going to hear any complaints from me if auto rifles become a dominant force because I'm a codhead. I'm a Call of Duty guy. I loved auto rifles in D1. I I loved being able to use uh, things like that. So I would say that if if they're going uh, that route, you're not going to hear complaints from me. But, but, I'm going to follow this up with a but. Auto rifles are dangerous because auto rifles are ease of use and the recluse posed a problem for the same reason. So a spray meta is always frustrating because it's a low entry point. It's a a low floor of entry. It's very easy to use. You're not going to hear me complain about it. It will likely not be something that lasts for forever because it understandably becomes a thorn in the side of high skill players because... It's difficult, and if you remember this in Fortnite, a high-skilled player could would struggle against somebody who could just hold down the button on a drum gun. And in, in similar fashion, these games are completely and utterly different, but the rules still apply. Spam weapons, spray weapons are low entry floor, and they pose a threat to the to the integrity of the competition because you're you're opening up the floodgates, as it were, for easier kills easier kills can feel like an arbitrarily shrunken skill gap so uh, peak shooting is equally annoying in my opinion there's no perfect system right like it is a little frustrating sometimes to get in a shootout with something like bam 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 and if they know they're losing after the second shot I mean especially if they're a hunter they can just leave the lane that can be equally as frustrating but at the very least there is this sense of You've re- like watch, watch Lumi run around with a hand cannon and try to tell me that it's not a higher level of play than Lono running around just spraying an auto rifle like a Call of Duty player. Like I, it's come on. And if not that I would be on an equal footing with them if they did this, but it would be I think a, a dilution, a dilution of a skill gap that you have to be very very careful with. I believe skill gap is is delicate so frozen void gaming with the next question do you think there's a possibility that the crow helmet guardian in the tower is aldrin uh 
I mean, he would have to hide his identity and we don't know what happened to him once the ghost revived him. Do you think it honestly looks like a crow? Do you guys think it looks like a crow? Let me look at the picture right now so I can give you a better response than just like a confused look on my face. Uh, let me see. I don't know if I would say that looks like a You know, it does kind of look like a crow. It looks kind of like a bird on the top. Oh, I don't know, dude. It's really hard to say. If I go and look at a picture of a crow, let me just look at a crow. No, that's not. I'm not trying to go to that website. Not Crown Royale. I'm not looking up a drink recipe. Um, I got a picture of a crow here. You know, I'm going to give you this one. I'm going to give you this one. It does actually look kind of similar to the shape of a crow with the way the beak comes out. I, I, I'm going to give it to you. I think it's a, I think it's a decent, it's a decent observation that it's a crow and that that is something that he would serendipitously don as his helmet. Uh, so it could be Aldrin. It, it seems, it seems odd to put such a unique helmet. Like if I'm Bungie, why am I putting that unique helmet in there? Easter egg for an exotic? That seems unlikely. One random exotic for one random cl- for for the warlocks, or, or if it, if it is a warlock, it could be a hunter. Who knows? Some random helmet seems more likely that it's an Easter egg to be like, who the frick was that? Right? Who was that? It, it, I, I'm I'm gonna I think I'm gonna lean closer and closer to the Aldrin theory the more I think about it. Crown Royale, what a way to say that? Yeah, dude. Come on, Crown Royale. Royale with cheese? <laughs> it's Crown Royale, isn't it? <laughs> it's got an E at the end, dude. It's fancy. It's Crown Royale. I was looking up the, the ingredients for an old-fashioned for my wife when I was at the store, and I think that's why I ended up on that page. So it, like, predictively filled in Crown Royale when I tried to go to uh, look for Crow. <laughs> oh, brother. STW Wizard, do you think September brings us Taken Queen? Regardless of the story and the expansion, what do you think the next major chapter looks like? At some point, we are going back to the Dreadnought and we will face Savathun. And I don't think they'll call it, I don't know if they're going to call it Taken Queen, but I do think that's a pretty cool name. I've been calling it the Taken Queen. Um,. They may want to avoid that because people will be like, just sounds like a reskin to me, Taken King. So they probably will avoid it, even though I think it would be freaking awesome. And I think the marketing could be disgustingly dope. Like, Eris could be like, we've awoken the Taken Queen. And like, she's like, her voice is shaking and she's scared or whatever. She even says in the one, in the one, end of one strike, she's like, we will know Savathun's next move when she makes it. So there's like this. There, there's, there feels like there's this anticipation in the game for Savathun to do something significant, and I don't know. I, I would love it. I would love it to be called the Taken Queen. But in any case, I do think that's a move in the next story. You know, I think that's a move in the next story is to say, you know, something with Savathun, something with the Dreadnought. Dreadnought is planned to return in Destiny 2. Unless they completely jettisoned that idea, I don't know why they would. If they have plans to keep the game going for at least two more years into 2022, it would seem to me that they would do they would do something with 
existing stuff that was built. Like, if they've already built Dreadnought, which I believe they already have built the Dreadnought for Destiny 2, if they have, I don't know why you wouldn't shove it in unless there wasn't room for it. That might be why after Shadowkeep landed, they were like, we can't keep adding. We have to save room. Um, I think I am getting better enhancement cores here. You know, we have to save room for the Dreadnought. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big, it's a big, you know, patrollable area. So, I would... I would wager to say that's where things are going. Now, the pyramid ships, a lot of people bring up the pyramid ships. They're like, but Lona, what about the pyramid ships? When are those going to come into play? I think the pyramid ships are a long, like a long con. It's, it's this long narrative running underneath everything that's happening. It's this doom on the horizon. So there's no need to rush to get there. Um, so it'd be one of those names. Um, It'd be one of those things where you. I need to know my Steam name, my Steam ID. Is it the is it the join number? That's probably what they're asking for. Is the join number my Steam name? Uh, my Steam ID is just Lono got a gun, isn't it? Uh, with spaces, isn't it? Lono got a gun, and then my join probably my join code, or is that is that is that the number that they're looking for? Your Steam name and number. Steam name and number. Is that the join code or is there a separate number in Steam that they're asking for? Next question. The Young Raccoon. Slightly, oh, my friend code. Does somebody know what my friend code is? Um, The Young Raccoon says, slightly off topic, but with all the seasonal changes and the bringing Saint-14 into the hangar, do you think that that means he won't see another hockey arena-type game in the tower or the soccer game? Probably not. It's it's the same same thing that it's always been. Um, It's your forward slash ID. Isn't that just my join code then? I think that's just my join code. Because when I did forward slash ID, isn't that what we did with join Lono? Join Lono command is basically my join code, right? You have to go to Steam, friends, add friend, and your friend code is there. That's separate than my join ID, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm fairly certain that's a separate thing. Um, uh, if I go here to Steam, friends, no wait, down here, community, friends, and I go to add a friend. Yeah, that's not my join. That's not my join code. That's separate. That's something in Steam. That's not inside the game. Uh, and friend. Ah, frick. Friend code is 158561911. So it's 158. 158- Five six one nine one one. Okay, there we go. Chat right in the middle of Q and A. Sorry about that to the audio listeners elsewhere. Um, ID is your join code. They said street Steam name and number. I'm fairly certain they mean the friend code when they say Steam name and number. If they need the join code, they'll specify. Uh, did I complete these bounties yet? I, I haven't. <laughs> Glock says. Do you think we'll be seeing any changes to Zur in the near future? Seems like he's pretty much useless for regular players. Zur has never been Zur has never been there for the hardcore ever. He hasn't been. He's a stopgap. 
he's there in case something eludes you for a really really long time if for some reason you just never got Prometheus Lens or for some reason you never got the Colony or whatever he's never ever 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 been for the people who play super hardcore especially the longer you play and the further you get the more exotics you get it's just he's not he's not there for you okay now could they do more with him yes I would love targeted farming for exotics. I don't want glass needles. I want to go to him and say, hey, I already got shards Galanor. Can you give me a boon for shards of Galanor that I can activate and for four hours, that's the most likely exotic to drop for me in Nightfalls. So now I can go grind Nightfalls for a god roll shards of Galanor. I think he needs to do something to that effect for long-term players. He can still do what he's doing for everybody else. But for long-term players, it it would be nice for him to have a way to target farm an exotic that I've already got. It's not a big deal. I've already got shards of Galanor. Most of the exotic's value is in the exotic itself. But the fact that I could grind for, you know, a stat lean that I like, I think would be a much better system than what we have now. More grinding, yikes. I don't know why you would turn your nose up to grinding for a god roll exotic. I mean, as opposed to what, standing in the tower and pressing a button on glass needles. That just isn't, I don't think that that's the way. I don't think the way is re-rolling. I don't think the way is is spending currency to get the best version of, a, of an item. I think that's a terrible system. Now, allowing us to change affinity for high cost, I think is totally fine especially considering if you do it on an item that drops at energy level 4 or 5 then you can easily spend the currency at that point in time and say this is exactly you know the affinity I've been I'm sorry the stat lean I've been looking for and I'm going to change the affinity to arc or whatever it is you're looking for um that sounds difficult to implement it might be it might be it would basically be a three a coin system for particular items uh, Zor- Zorion Tasuna with the upcoming legendary lost sectors uh, next season do you think adventures will get an update sometimes in, in the future you know when Luke Smith talks about investing in the core activities I mean that certainly could be on his radar adventures get very ignored uh, they're really really good missions usually as far as like good dialogue good story developments a lot of things that people don't even realize you know are present in those things that may have gotten glossed over Osiris was hinted at very early on before we even got the DLC it was in a in a vanilla in a vanilla adventure we knew kind of he was he was around we knew about Callus before the raid showed up if you actually ran adventures so I think there's a place for adventures I would worry about the tediousness of grinding an adventure they're sort of in the public space so Bungie would have to be thoughtful about that you did basically have to have the brainstorming mission you know or session about okay how can we repurpose adventures and not have it be like you gotta go to the planet you gotta drive to the spot you gotta hit the adventure you gotta go into the adventure that aspect of it might not really work for like a um a revitalized core activity or an activity where it you know you suddenly feel like doing it an adventure playlist maybe um maybe when the planet is a flashpoint there's a way to do like an adventure gauntlet where you kind of do all of them and when you do you know you get something i don't know i th- it's difficult because an adventure doesn't feel like a strike. A linear strike, you go A to B, A to B, A to B. You grind it, you're done. You grind it, you're done. Adventures are sort of like, go here, stand here. Okay, 
now wait around for dialogue like adventures are dialogue heavy that's not a problem but they're dialogue heavy you do a lot of standing around and listening now in strikes that's not really the case you're constantly kind of shuffling forward you can skip sections you can skip ads if you want they're pretty fast sundial was a similar idea it's like it's like a menagerie you're just kind of killing stuff satisfy go kill stuff satisfy go I think adventures would have to be retooled to either be something that is more of a load yourself into the adventure gauntlet and you play like six adventures in a row and by doing so you're getting drops the whole time or something and then again maybe earning something for the planet or the flashpoint or there's weapons that are dropping I don't know it I don't want to ignore pieces of the game that I think are good but when adventures were conceived of I wonder Here's what I here's what I think they failed at in D1 D2 vanilla. D2 vanilla adventures if we're honest were side missions. There was the main missions that took you to planet the planet. And I think they envisioned people who are more completionist, more side mission focused to slow down and do all the adventures cuz they really do fill in a lot of gaps. A lot of their rewards don't make any sense once you're at the end game. They're like green and blue rewards on a lot of them, right? So the mistake I think that Bungie made was they should have said you play through the campaign one time instead of three times and when you do they make you play all the adventures. They could have tripled the length of the campaign only made you play it through it once. You could have just made your extra characters and just arrived at the tower with guys that were kind of like okay I've already done all that. And I think that would have been a much better system. I don't think adventures are like loopable content. I think they're essentially side missions and they didn't really serve that purpose for a lot of folks because they either ignored them entirely, felt zero draw to go to them, or when they finally started being like, oh, let me go do these, I kind of am interested. If you do them one time on a character like I did the one day, I literally went to every planet, I cleared every adventure on every planet. When I was done... I didn't really have a strong desire to go back because, again, they feel like mini campaign missions. Mini campaign missions that are more dialogue heavy, not quite as quickly, you know, grind, you know, not a quick grind, not a quick linear thing. Like, a content loop has to be winsome. I think sometimes people forget this. A content loop has to be winsome. You can be like, well, I thought people wanted a grind. I mean, we do, but we also want a content loop that's winsome and enjoyable and not arduous and tedious and silly. Do you want to run an adventure 18 times in a day if you're spending significant portions of your day just standing there listening for dialogue as opposed to just shuffling forward, moving forward, opening the chest, killing the boss, etc.? Um... So they'd have to rethink adventures, either retool them, run a gauntlet, maybe maybe retool how the the audio shows up or something. I don't know because it it I don't think it would function. Um, you know, it wouldn't function that well. My name is Nate. Uh, my name I Nate. With players wanting aspirational content, do you think that they should be made accessible and match made possibilities? That doesn't really jive with it. You know, it doesn't really jive with the it what aspirational content is meant to be if aspirational content is aspirational i don't think it really works with match made okay this is why i think aspirational content being like a dungeon or a raid or grandmaster nightfalls is the right call because nobody can complain oh but it's going to expire i won't have time to go in there right if 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 you don't have time to go in there that's fine if it's if it's not like a a time limited thing 
if it is a time limited thing then you have the right to be kind of frustrated to be like well I, I wish I could have went and run that now it's gone like if Legend Sundial would have been truly truly awesome loot inside and and a lot harder then I think it would have probably ended up being a point of frustration and a perceived value loss for people it would have been a perceived value loss like the frick I paid $10 for this season and you guys just put dope stuff in somewhere where I can't go right so aspirational content doesn't work if you make it at you know really accessible it just does I just don't think it works here's the here's the mixture of accessibility and aspirational rewards that is the perfect solution okay bounties in trials before rise of iron is i think the perfect solution you can get the loot you don't have to go flawless you can just play grind your bounties get some wins get some stuff you feel satisfied in that that's good you want casuals in that player funnel if you don't have casuals in the trials player funnel it's going to dry up quick it's going to suck matchmaking is going to take forever connection integrity will suffer okay you want casuals in trials all right you don't want casuals going flawless really easily there's a difference accessibility and aspiration can coexist i believe they can coexist however if something is truly aspirational it doesn't jive with matchmaking matchmaking too often is going to put you with johnny no thumbs or clueless carl staring at the ground or shooting everything with a blue sidearm when you're in aspirational content like we don't you don't want to go into something and have somebody's experience diminished because of matchmaking if you truly want to go into aspirational content this game for more than half of a decade has been telling you that true aspirational content requires a team raids trials nightfall dungeons right they've been communicating this to you for half of a decade so saying well no I would really really like aspirational content to be match made is I believe juxtaposed against the idea of aspirational content right don't tell your buddy wish you luck that he went on about only getting loot if you go flawless I would love to talk with Sam about that because I genuinely think when Rise of Iron hit and people discovered that the trials bounties were no longer giving new loot eventually three to four weeks later the constant complaint from the trials community was two things it's so freaking sweaty and matchmaking's taking forever and the reason for that is they drove all the casuals out of trials by making the bounties suck in rise of iron and the bounties were good for a couple of weeks because they helped you level up but then in walked iron banner during rise of iron and it was one of the fastest ways to level up your character so everybody used iron banner to level up and that dried up trials even more go back and watch I remember I said this is exactly why everybody's complaining about slow matchmaking lag and sweat in trials during rise of iron because they drove the casuals out of the player base I, I truly think that aspirational content and accessibility can coexist and that's a way to do it you have the truly awesome aspirational loot that is flawless but then you have versions of it that's sort of down here at the bounty or at the win three or at the win five. I I don't know. I in my in my mind, in my mind, if if you don't if you don't do that, you run you really, really run the risk of shoving casuals out of the game. You really run the risk of doing that. And you don't want that. You really, really don't want that. Dreamy ninety. 
What do you think about having two raids a year as opposed to one a year? This year feels like a content is pretty drought for the whole year. I think time and time again, Bungie has proven their best raids are 12 months apart. I I don't I, I don't think you can look at Vog, the Vog King's Fall, Wrath, Leviathan, Last Wish, Garden. If you look at that rhythm, it's undeniable that the best raids are one year apart. So, except I think we just have to accept that and and get one raid a year. You know, now I've given ideas and suggestions on how to extend the life cycle relevancy and the longevity of a raid throughout that year, okay? So a raid launches and then after that happens, you have 3 seasons that follow that raid. I think the three seasons that follow that raid, you should have a raid NPC that each season has a rank and ornaments and weapon boons or orna- or armor boons. Okay, so you would you would have spent season of dawn going and grinding garden of salvation and either going for specific roles on guns or armor with some of the intentionality added with the npc as well as ranking up that npc as well as maybe even having bounties at that npc and as that season comes to a close you would have ornaments for let's say one third of the guns however many guns there are take a third of them and you would have unlocked ornaments for those guns and you would have unlocked ornaments for two of the armor pieces okay and then season of the worthy rolls around same thing the rank resets on that npc he's got bounties he's got new ornaments for guns that are in there new ornaments for armor that's in there now again you're extending the longevity of that encounter of the raid you have a reason to go back in you have a reason to be grinding it and doing your bounties you're raising your rank you get the ornaments you get the things you're done, okay? Then the final season lands. The summer season lands. You got a cu- you got a couple ornaments left for guns. You got one ornament left for armor. Your rank has been reset. You grind that raid all season. As you're grinding that raid all season, you uh, you you feel this sense of like, oh, I'm I'm almost done. When the summer season comes to a close and the next raid is around the corner, it's been an entire year, okay, and you're done you are done with garden you have all the ornaments you have all the rolls you wanted you have everything you're done right that idea would i think pair well with an annual raid the idea being let's give our raiders a reason to be in there you know on a regular basis as opposed as opposed to being like you run it for the season it lands in you generally get everything that you want and then you're kind of done afterward arcanus do you think that they should make raid armor be able to equip the entire year's worth of seasonal mods when the next expansion drops? This is a really, really well-timed question. I think this is another thing they could consider doing that would pair well with the idea that I just trotted out. If I get raid gear, it should have really good stat propensity and it should have an annual seasonal slot that can run all of the seasons that follow it, as opposed to relegating it to its current and previous season. It would be able to run an entire you know, season's worth of armor. That would pair well with sunsetting as well all of the guns in there are awesome really really strong and dope and then you get to the end and you're like cool the armor is complete it's awesome it's ornamented and it's about to get kind of invalidated by the new the new raids armor and it's about to have all of its guns sunset right and you would feel a sense of pride in being like i got every gun i got every god roll every single gun is ornamented and those guns are still viable in that raid they're still viable in the rest of the game as well just not the new they're not viable in the new raid white mamba 
Also, let's consider something else before I move on. If Bungie brings back normal and hard raids, they could conceivably, okay, they could conceivably allow your year-old raid guns, okay, to be viable in normal, but they wouldn't be viable in hard, and that's a perfect system. You take your year-old raid guns into the new raid, and they're helpful, they're strong. Why? They're saucy, they're raid guns. You're in normal. And then all of a sudden, the, the new the new guns start dropping from that raid. They're better, a little stronger. Maybe they have perks relevant to that raid. They can be infused higher, and you're gearing up for the hard mode of the raid. Freaking ship that, Bungie. Ship that. That right there is a, is a great system. You would feel like your raid weapons for a year ago are being honored by having a, like, a power and a presence in the normal version, and then you're grinding the normal version to gear up for the hard version that you know is on the horizon. That is, that is such a, that would be such a freaking good system to make people understand why the, the sun setting in that system would make such sense to people, I think. That, oh man, I want that. I, I as I say that now, I want it. It's like I want that to be a thing now. Uh, White Mamba, with all of the different armor rolls that we have to grind, do you think that Bungie will eventually add the ability to add tags to gear so we can organize gear by activity? You can do this in Dim. That doesn't sound like something they would really ever add uh, to this game. I would love for uh, loadouts to come to the game, but we don't. Um, we don't really have that presently. RDR10. Do you think the solution to the weapons problem could be seasonal perks? If a perk completely changes a weapon, it could be meta in that season, and they could manage the perks, buffing and nerfing without taking the weapons out of the loophole for the endgame. Problem with what you're saying is, is you're shrinking the life cycle of the gun even shorter. Somebody submitted this idea the other day. So a weapon is at its peak performance for three months. That's even shorter than the sunsetting idea that Luke Smith trotted out. I don't think this is a better solution. I think this is actually more extreme than what people are already frustrated by. Dan Papa. Why are people so against sunsetting items when in real life that happens with technology? I think that in this game, more than any other, people get extremely attached to their gear, and that's because Bungie has done an impeccable job making gear feel really, really good. A gun that you get when it just feels right. The reload animation, the sound, the recoil, the the efficiency, the perk combination. Um, There is something there that it's it's I think it's really really difficult to um, replace and then when you feel like you're you're kind of your hand is being forced the reason I think people are blowing it out of proportion though is because I think most of the people that live in the end game shuffle forward and change their loadouts anyway it's not like you're the average person in destiny the normative experience is either not going into aspirational content so it doesn't affect them or if they are going into aspirational content they're usually shuffling forward and using lots of new stuff anyway the people that use nothing but the same primary or the same you know like luke smith said in his thing that you know they've been using the breakneck for forever they're not going into aspirational content anyway so it doesn't affect them slug says, do you think Destiny 2 should follow Diablo 3 seasons and add new sets for new builds? Keep the good work. They kind of are already doing this with the seasonal mod slot, so I, I don't think that you're we're far away from that. Uh, do Obelisks go away at reset? Next week, they will be going away. Yes, I was incorrect. I, uh, I, I theorized that the Tower Obelisk might be sticking around uh, as a way to keep these weapons in the game if you wanted to go for them. I was incorrect. The Tower Obelisk is going away. Uh, it is not sticking around. 
sweatpants uh let me just check on where we are here i can scroll over okay we're good uh i think i get why many others aren't for this weapon change by sunsetting weapons you make some of the content to obtain those items not worth doing with that said do you think repurposing old content with updated weapon and armor pools would make that content feel fresh there's a couple things i want to say here the second half of your question is good but i don't want to go there just yet at the present time okay at the present time some of the best weapons are in old content that's not relevant that is another side of this coin you flip the coin over and what you're saying is it's not really worth going and running that content anymore unless you just really want the gun because it's awesome you can still use it in 90% of the content but if you go and run a year old raid it's gun isn't going to be useful in, in aspirational content okay that's a bummer presently some of the best guns and some of the meta weapons you got to go run ancient content that's outdated that almost nobody's running like let's say you want the ikalash shotgun or you want the midnight coup or you want to get some of the weapons from black armory you got to run go run outdated content okay so there's two sides to that coin do you really want people chasing the most relevant weapons or the strongest weapons in old content okay the other side of this coin is that obtaining a weapon and having it have you know nine to nine months to to ten months of being awesome is far better than the current system of I'm grinding for weapons in Garden of Salvation that are not even measurably better than anything I presently have. The pulse rifle is a bygones. The hand cannon is a, a, a solar na- nation of beasts. Like I, I have all these weapons already to an extent. So that's the other side of the coin. A shuffling forward relevancy makes more sense for a live service game that's loot based it, it just makes more sense the lion's share of the community is not constantly shuffling backwards and being like well I better make sure, sure and go get a god roll thus and so from content from 12 months ago nobody's doing that and if you are very, that, that's a minority in the community shuffling forward is good now to the second half of your question if we're always shuffling forward Lono isn't there room to say Here's all the Black Armory weapons with different roles. I already addressed this question earlier. I'm concerned that that wouldn't go over well with people. They'd be like, I, you, you made my Kindled Orchid non-infusible, and now I'm grinding for a new one. Now, people might accept this. People might accept this if, if Bungie swings for the fences. If Kindled Orchid 2.0 has some disgustingly awesome perk combinations on it, maybe extra perks, maybe a new mod slot, so it's measurably different and better than the old one, I think it might be more acceptable by people. Well, you took it away, but you're giving me one that's like way different and better and, you know... It, or, or as I said earlier, maybe just repurpose forges, but then put a ton of new weapons and you already have the weapon aesthetic established. You could do new weapons. There, there's a couple of different takes there they could do. Isn't that power creep? No, it's not power creep. Anytime they make something super awesome and strong, it, it's a 10 out of 10 weapon. It's a tip of the pyramid weapon. It's God roll is, is excellent. Eventually, it's not infusible. It can only infuse to a certain point. It can't go into end game content. The antidote for power creep has been poured on the weapon. It is no longer end game viable. Therefore, power creep doesn't exist. 
there's no such thing as power creep in content like public events and lost sectors and strikes where we're over leveled anyway there's no such thing as power creep you're so dadgum strong you could go in there with a blue and one shot everything like power creep doesn't exist unless you're in, in an environment that's aspirational and power deltas start to matter you go into open open world content or strikes and stuff and it's just like there really is not a such thing as power creep like my subjunctive and my recluse were basically dead even in public space content because the enemies are dying instantaneously no matter what it's like there's there's no su- there's no such thing as like feeling overpowered in that regard because they die so fast you're talking about trying to measure milliseconds of time fractions of seconds of like well the recluse is slightly stronger like slightly in the public space but whenever I went into the raid the recluse was noticeably way stronger I felt if I switched from the recluse to the reckless oracle in the in the raid and garden, it literally felt like a different encounter because this thing felt like it was over. It was like overpowered, is what it felt like. It's a hundred percent power creep. Just because it expires doesn't mean it's not creep. No, it's not, Zach. Here's where people are misunderstanding power creep. Okay, power creep is last year we made ten out of ten weapons in the raid and they're still around. The only way to override that or supersede that is to make 11, a level 11 weapon. And then the next year, now we got to make level 12. You don't have to do that in this system. Every time they roll out a raid, they can give you a 10 out of 10 weapon. It's a 10 out of 10. It's pinnacle. It's awesome. It's at, it's, it's, it's at the absolute best. And they can do that because everything from a year ago is not infusible anymore. In the old system with infinite infusions, it's like, well, I... <laughs> The only way we're going to unseat Midnight Coup is to make a hand cannon that's brokenly strong. That's power creep. Fast forward a year later. Well, the thing that unseat the Midnight Coup, uh, the only way you unseat that is make another weapon that's so much stronger. I think people are misunderstanding power creep. It's not like Bungie's going to every single time a, a, a raid rolls out, they're going to give you a stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger weapon and then be like, oh, it doesn't matter because of limited infusions. They're going to be like, no we can actually push the envelope farther on power and then we can take it to the absolute limit and then those weapons eventually fall off it's like they're taking weapons to the absolute limit of power and they know this doesn't corrupt future content because it falls away it's not infusible the, the touch of malice is a perfect example they could give you a legendary weapon that's so crazy strong that could cause problems in the future raid but it doesn't matter it's not infusible anymore it's they don't have to test for it like they don't have to test any of the weapons from a year ago right now they don't have to test any of your primaries because they're all freaking the same like every primary you own right now is interchangeable I don't care where you got your pulse rifle I don't care where you got your hand cannon they're all freaking interchangeable so they don't have to test any of those weapons they don't those 10 out of 10 weapons invalidate every other weapon that season that's called aspirational loot, baby. That's the way that it works. My God Roll Imago loop, my Fate Bringer, my, my Genesis Chain were better than other weapons in that category. I w- like, that's how it's supposed to be. The very reason to go into aspirational content is exactly that. Oh, yeah, your hand cannon's pretty nice, but pff, the raid hand cannon's better. That's exactly how it should be. Like, th- why would it not be like that? The Wendigo was that way. The, 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 it was like, oh, this is a grenade launcher that's better than other grenade launchers presently in the game. Why? It was a pinnacle weapon. That's how it should be. There should be weapons that you go after that offer more. Adept Trials weapons. Same idea. They were better but by a small margin, but they were better than other weapons from Trials. 
That's how it, there's supposed to be a hierarchy. Right now, there's no hierarchy. Somebody can literally get a legendary pulse rifle from a from a vendor. They can go get a bygones, and it's equal to a raid pulse. That's dumb. Like, <laughs> that's dumb. That undercuts the very purpose of aspirational content to its core. When you could go buy a hung jury from Dead Orbit, and it was as good, if not better, than the scout and the pulse and the auto rifle and the hand cannon and all the primaries in King's Fall were outdone by hung jury. Why? Because, <laughs> like, because they, they were like, we can't make these weapons very good. They're infinitely infusible. We just instituted a new system that in 12 months, these weapons will be present. It's ever moving power creep. No, it's not. It's not power creep, Zach. The definition of power creep is the idea that we had stuff strong last year. We have to make stuff that's stronger than that. It's literally not that. It's the exact opposite of that. They don't have to compete with 12-month-old gear and make it stronger. That has been removed from from the, the decision-making. It is literally, by definition, the absence of power creep. They don't have to make a hand cannon stronger than the raid a year ago. Why? Because it's no longer infusible. It, I, it, it's, it is the antithesis of power creep. I think people are misunderstanding or even misrepresenting power creep. Power creep is every year the weapons have to be stronger than a year ago because these weapons aren't going anywhere. Power creep. Uh, the situation where updates to a game introduce more powerful units or abilities leaving the older ones underpowered right they don't have to do that there's an intrinsic chopping down of those weapons they're on their own going they're like coming down a peg it's like it's like when they nerf something when they nerf something it's the same idea they chop it down a peg to make other things equal to it this is just not a nerf how is sunsetting my 10 out of 10 weapon giving me another 10 out of 10 weapon good? How is what we're doing now good, TX Blue? You have to ask the more important question. How is me grinding for a pulse rifle in the raid that's equal to the bygones good? That's the bigger and better question. You're asking the wrong question. Bungie's trying to come up with a situation so they can create those 10 out of 10 weapons, get saucy, create better perks, create best-in-class gear, because there's no danger of it corrupting future content. Presently, you're grinding for a weapon that is literally no better than anything you have. I'm going to grind Garden of Salvation, a six-man non-match-made raid for a pulse rifle that's equal to one I can buy in the tower. Like... You're literally on a treadmill, never gaining anything better, never gaining anything cooler or more exciting. Rampage Outlaw, Rampage Outlaw, Rampage Outlaw, woo-hoo. Like, we've been complaining about this for forever. I have been hard on raid gear. Every time this comes up, I've said raid gear's been uninteresting since King's Fall. Wrath was only interesting because it was like a last hurrah. I think they swung harder at the Wrath gear knowing that there wasn't another raid coming behind it, right? But King's Fall raid sucked. You had a Yasmin and a machine gun. Everything else was 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 nothing compared to other ga- guns in the game. It's it's been it's been like this since since King's Fall. It 
It's like, I, I, I can't understand anybody. I can't understand anybody looking at the current system and not seeing glaring problems for loot incentivization and being like, I'm constantly chasing weapons that are identical to other weapons that I have. They look a little bit different. Oh, but this one's got swashbuckler instead, Lono. Let me frickin' throw confetti in the air. Swash instead of rampage. Be still my beating heart. Another another perk built around damage. It's got feeding frenzy instead of instead of outlaw lono. Whew, wow. I'm gonna come out of my chair. Like, oh, a blast furnace. Because it has feeding frenzy, it's marginally better than a go figure. Like, it's just I I don't know. This is a huge solution to a problem that's been around since Taken King. And if you want it, it, like, nobody, nobody has put forth a better system. None of you. The people criticizing it, the people claiming it's power creep when it's not, the people claiming this is bad, nobody has put forth a better system. I haven't seen an argument yet. I've seen complaint, and I've seen exaggeration. I haven't seen a better solution put forth yet. Games have been around for five years, and plenty of us have been promoting this idea because it exists in other games. Destiny's not special. World of Warcraft does this. Other games do this idea that, like, you can't just infinitely add power to the game. The term power creep exists because this is a problem in other games. Destiny's not in some special category where they can just keep turning the dial up. So if you don't have another solution or an, or a better solution, then I really don't understand what, what the issue is. I think the system they have now is perfect. Just need more side grades. I, I, I cannot believe that after two years of Destiny 2, anybody could say seriously that the system we have now is perfect, but they need more side grades. Like, that is not... It, it I don't know. I can't imagine anybody looking at the system and concluding that. Um, there are so many subs that I missed. Cornbread, not war, six months, two months from Cory nine. Robot dues was six months. Um, two months from Ketafall, two months from Hilly Heat. Captain Pickles with 20 months. And a brand new sub from Mikey84. Guys, thank you so much. Remorse91. I don't want to hyperbolize anything, but do you think that we can't get an extra perk in column 4? Season 10's weapons uh, have to have really unique roles and new perks, or they might uh, or they might be not be special compared to Season 9's weapons. I mean, you're highlighting exactly what we just talked about. You can only grind for so many weapons, right? And, and to Eugene's point, just make more side grades. Again, I, I like, with love in my heart, I think that's foolhardy to be like oh just make more side grades there's only so much you can do to a weapon to make it more efficient so if they're going to keep things in a real safe side lane upgrade like it's another hand cannon and it's a side upgrade it's a lateral upgrade it's equal to this gun in power but it's slightly different because of the perks by and large the only way you're really adjusting a gun's efficiency is through reload speed and damage like that's kind of it oh well it's got more imp- it's got more range or it's got this or it's got that it's got crowd control. Now, I've continued to say elemental perks could have been something they could have invested in. I do believe elemental perks could have made guns feel more saucy, and I always po- you know, pointed to focus Firefly on Genesis Chain. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't think that's good enough for aspirational content. I always said, oh, at least rather the machine guns were unique. They weren't necessarily best in class. Genesis Chain wasn't a best in class weapon, but it was memorable because it was unique. I think Bungie's going one step further. They can make them unique and powerful because they pose no threat to future content. 
Five gifted subs from B Nipple. Guys, check chat. You may have been gifted a sub. Pixel comment. Do you think Bungie is considering a material currency paywall to bring your old guns beyond sunsetting? For example, pay copious amounts to bring it forward. For a lot of people, this could be an incentive during some of the slower content. No, this is. I, I had this idea the other day, so I'm chopping you down quick. It's not to be rude. I already addressed this. You're, you think this is a solution because you're like, if it's so expensive, it's not that big of a deal, right? Wrong. If you do it to your hand cannon and I do it to my pulse rifle and somebody else does it to their auto rifle, guess what? They haven't solved anything. The guns are still eternally endgame viable. Nothing has been solved because you are literally perpetuating the problem we have now. Not everybody's going to pick the same weapon. So that means Bungie has to create content and test every weapon because anybody could level up the weapon and cut right through and say, I'm getting past the rules. I'm going to make this one go end game viable. And now they're right back to square one. Well, we, our new content, we got to test every weapon from 13 months ago because anybody could have upgraded one of these because we're giving them the permission. We're giving them the ability to like bring one gun, right? So it seems like such a good idea, but ultimately it would be a giant torpedo. It would just completely invalidate their entire efforts with this, with the sun setting. Uh, Funk the Buddha. With the exception of Callus, uh, which is admittedly a pretty big exception, do you think this season signals the end of the Cabal as a major race in the lore moving forward? I see no reason to think this, no. Um, Jimmy Coast. Do you think adding trials to the roadmap and uh, promoting them as part of the season worthy is not really fair? It's free to play mode and it stays in the game, unlike other seasonal content. But if we remove trials from the roadmap, it feels to be lacking stuff to do. Um, did you look at the roadmap? Because this is this is one of I think the worst takes I've read today. Did you even look at the roadmap, homie? Trials is not even on the roadmap, brother. It's a it's a line of text on the roadmap. This is this is a, a an awful read. I, I'm sorry, I'm being honest with you. This is a terrible read. All right, here is the season pass. All right, this is the calendar. You said you said the calendar, right? It's uh, the roadmap. I'm sorry, you said the roadmap. It's it's on the roadmap right up at the top in text. Trials of Osiris returns. It, it's not a giant picture. Oh, it is a giant picture. Okay, I gotta I gotta back I gotta back this up. It is a giant picture. I didn't think it was on there. I thought they only listed it at the top. I'm blind. My bad. I gotta I gotta dial this back. All right, let me readjust here. I because it's free. They've always done this though, didn't they? Didn't they do that? I didn't think it was a giant picture because I I mean I guess I glossed right over it. That's a bad take on my part. They've always done this with the calendars though, right? They had the obelisks listed and the obelisks were free. And nobody took issue with that, right? They had the what? What else was free in the last one? There was free stuff even in even in uh, even in the last season. There's always been free. There's always been free stuff, right? Need to retract and apologize? I don't apologize from anybody. It's still a crummy take. They're not trying to convince anybody to buy this with Trials of Osiris. It literally says that it's free. It's a crummy take. It says dead center, free to play. You're trying to act like they're they're trying to convince you to buy the season with something that they've continually promoted as, as free. It's still a garbage take. I, I like I don't know anybody in apology. It's a trash take. Like it literally says free. Like it, it 
they're not trying to sell the season pass with it. It's part of what's happening. That would have been like, do they really try to convince people to buy the last season with the obelisks? What are you talking about? It, it said it was free. That doesn't even make any sense. It's contradictory to claim something that's free is being used to convince people to buy this, 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 the season. Like, it, I was wrong on the roadmap, okay? I can be wrong on the roadmap. It's still a garbage take. It's like everywhere they put this, the trailer says it's free. It says it's free right here, right down here on the actual, like where they put it on the, sh- on the, on the actual pass. It, okay, maybe it should say free on here. I'll grant you that point, right? I'll grant you that point. I'll concede that point. It says returns every weekend, new seal, trials themes, weapon and armor, new end game PVP. Maybe somewhere on the roadmap, it should say that that's free, right? Okay, fine. Like if, 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 if someone is specifically looking at this roadmap and they're making their decision to buy season of the worthy, I'll grant you that point. I still think it's a crummy take that they're trying to they're trying like I guess what you think they're trying to trick people or something and that oh it's lacking if you take trials off I mean it's one piece of it there's all this other stuff going on I don't really know I I don't I don't agree I don't agree with this take at all I was wrong about the calendar but I don't know how about the last part feels to be lacking stuff to do I mean, there's a brand new PvE activity. There's the bunkers uh, on the EDZ and the moon. Then there's the new Grandmaster Nightfall Strike difficulty. Then there's Guardian Games. Then there's another bunker, and then it says and more. And then up at the top, it talks about how there's um, exotic quest. This is a, this is not an Iron Banner exotic quest, by the way. Exotic quest. There's also the seasonal thing that they do. New exotic armor. New exotic weapons. I I don't know. I. I think sometimes people are so quick to criticize. I was quick to defend it because I honestly didn't think Trials of Osiris was on the roadmap. I genuinely thought it was only listed at the top. I think people are just so quick to quick to criticize when it's like for 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 $10 they're they're trying to straddle two worlds, right? They want people to get the free sort of like entry point whether it's the free track on the season pass or the free stuff, right? The, 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 the Seraf Tower public events and the bunker activities are free, okay? They're trying to straddle two worlds. They're trying to keep people in the game, trying to keep the people playing, while also, while also trying to get people to buy, right? And to act like, oh, well, they're putting trials on here. It's free to play. And if you remove it, there's just there's nothing else to do. I, I just don't think that that's true at all. I think a lot of people looked at it this, this morning and they said, man, I thought it was only going to be about trials. And there's this whole thing going on with the warm uh, Rasputin and these Seraph bunkers and the what's it called? The, the frickin <laughs> the, the, the last city's under threat of the... <laughs> I blanked on the freaking almighty. So I don't know. I I guess I have I just don't have tolerance for the people that want to spin everything into a negative. I think I'm just worn out by it. So I'm quick to just gut check it. I'm like, if you think it's too expensive, if you think there's not enough content, if you think Bungie's being dishonest, if you think Bungie's being scummy with the Eververse, if you think any of those things, I've kind of stopped caring about your opinion because I'm kind of tired of hearing it. I don't really care. Like, either play it or don't. It's $10. It's, it's, 
it's it's less expensive than a night at the movies and it offers months of trickled out entertainment and things for you to do as your as your hobby and if those are your takes if your takes are all these different things about it being negative i just have decided i don't really care like i i don't know i think i get critical enough I, I, I look for areas that the game can improve. I don't praise everything until I'm blue in the face. I even took issue with their decision to take out faction rallies, but instead of in doing something with the factions, they're just dumping the stuff in the whirlpool. I even took issue with that. I, I think that's a bit of a punt. Um, but I also just, I just don't have the tolerance for the the constant nitpickiness, the persickety nitpickiness. It just gets freaking old. It's like people get they're they get all wound up about like the language that's used in a marketing thing for ten dollar content i just i don't know i can't afford the emotional like care anymore to go back and forth that's why i was just like real dismissive i was like this is just a garbage take golden 25 do you think that by the end of the season the almighty crashes and said on the edz it changes the prezole zone immediately maybe i i don't know maybe i i don't think that um i mean that would go in hand in hand with the evolving game world right the, the you know the game world's evolving you know the places that we're going are changing saint 14's in the tower permanently we rescued him he's the voice of trials i mean i i could see i could see that being a thing but i could also see us just blowing it up mr enigma do you think players that have restricted game time or small pc gaming friends list should miss out on a lot of specific weapons due to pigeonholing weapons into set activities. I understand emblems and shaders being activity specific, but I feel frustrated at times by my inability to find time to grind due to IRL commitments. Uh, the game cannot be legislated to your personal life. Um, that's just a fact. I, they, they, can't, they can't dumb things down or make things really easy to get because you don't have time to play. Uh, reverse the situation. Imagine you did have lots of time to play. Would you want the game to be diluted and 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 neutered and made super easy and casualified for the people who can't play a lot? Like, it's it. They set this game up in such a way that you get out what you put in, right? They don't they don't hold things hostage. They don't. If you're gonna try and claim that that's going on with trials, I'm not gonna shed a single tear for you. Seriously, I don't care. If you don't have time to raid, I'm not gonna shed a single tear that you can't get raid armor. The game's been like this for five years. If you've been playing this game for five years and you can't either allot time or use the social aspects of the game to make friends to play with, I, I, I genuinely don't think they should legislate the game to you. That would be a terrible way to build the game. Here's somebody who five years into the franchise is a longtime fan of the franchise, isn't trying to expand their friends list, doesn't really have a lot of time to play. Let's build the game for them. I, I, I don't think that's a solution. I don't think that's good for the game. I really, really don't. Superman. This may sound off topic, but how do you think the people who have a thousand light level feel about the season resets? They know what they're signing up for. And if they don't like it, I mean, what? <laughs> I don't care. I really don't. I don't care about willful ignorance. I really don't. I leveled all the way up to a thousand. You're going to reset it. You knew that was going to happen. Shut the frick up. Uh, Alzia? Azia? Do you think exotic quests should be a count ride or like ritual weapons? Yeah, I don't necessarily know if there's a reason to... I don't think there's like a reason to... to make them per character. Um... I think sometimes they like doing it per character because you can kind of leverage it for power gains if you need to. If not, 
Um, oh, you might be talking about like, maybe I want to do some of it on one character and some of it on another. Yeah, having an account wide would be good for that aspect. Uh, Ashen Hollow. With them potentially sunsetting exotics, do you th- see them selling ornaments for those exotics becoming a problem? No, because the weapon's still viable in 95% of the content. Pixel comment. If gear being left behind over time, does this remove incentive to earn armor sets that aren't ornamental? Should Bungie provide ornaments for all sets and that they have in the end game? Um, it's a choice for you to leave armor behind. It's a choice to that. It's a choice of like, I want to leave this arm behind, right? I'm going to leave this arm behind and I'm going to use the new armor because the new armor, uh, the new armor has these, or the new seasonal mods are really, really cool, right? And if that were the case, then that's you choosing to do it. You're not necessarily saying, oh, they're forcing me to do it, right? They're not, they're not sunsetting, they're not sunsetting your armor, right? They're not. They're saying, hey, there's these new seasonal mods, and if you want to use them, you're going to want to eventually shuffle forward. You're going to want to eventually, you know, get the new set from Season of the Worthy, because if not, there's going to be, you know, you're going to get left behind. And that's your choice. You're you're choosing to prioritize that on your own. Nobody's making you do that. And again, they're trying to straddle two fences. They want to respect what you've grinded for, but... How are they supposed to motivate you to chase the new stuff? Right? How are they how are they supposed to, you know, motivate you to chase the new stuff? Well, make it an ornament. Okay? There's no grind involved there. You literally get it and you're done. That's back to binary, that's back to a binary grind from D2 vanilla where you get it and you're done and it's like a static roll. Um I really don't think so. Right? I really, really don't think so. I don't think that the the I don't think the nature of armor pursuit works if there's not some sort of reason to like you have to chase the new. And if you're gonna say, oh well, that's not fair because I want to be able to use this armor set for forever, shouldn't they then turn this into an ornament? I could see them maybe doing that with raids after you get the full set or after you achieve something. Like this is where the NPC could come into play. You could be earning ornamental versions or cool things or whatever, and that's something that you would work for. I don't think you want to go back to the era of, got the gauntlets, I'm done. Got the helmet, I'm done. Because that's binary. You either get it or you don't. As soon as you have it, you're done. As soon as you have it, you like you don't care. You're just, it's there is no pursuit anymore. You just you get the, you get the ornament and you're you're all done. King Thomas. Would you like, or do you think Bungie will ever add better or interactive social spaces? I don't think that's a huge uh, need right now. Probably next game. Dead Silence. Do you think that they will bring Doctrine of Passing next season? There's no way to know. There's an auto rifle in there. I'm not going to comment on what I think or isn't coming. It's not It's not really good conversation. We have no idea what's coming. It's just pure speculation about something that's narrowly right or wrong. I'm either right or I'm wrong, right? It's either coming back or it's not. So it's like a 50-50 chance. So it's 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 probably a lot of wasted breath. We're just going to have to wait and see. It looks like all the D1 stuff's coming back, though. Uh, game Time Bigs. Using Nightfalls as the armor reroll system would be a great system, in my opinion. This is not a question. Uh, the reason. Thoughts on no legendary heroic mode this season. Feels like EP activity model has this as a flaw. I wonder if this is why Luke Smith put out his director's cut, though, because it's clear aspirations not solved in this season. It isn't. 
it's new PVE activity, right? And then legendary lost sectors. Not legend lost sectors, like legendary lost sectors. Now, you're ignoring Grandmaster Ordeal. So, there's a reason I think you are ignoring something they are trying to add for aspirational content, right? So, you're ignoring that aspect. I would, I would say that Luke Smith also kind of touched on this, though. There is a lack of aspiration. Like, Legend Sundial wasn't that impressive. Heroic Menagerie didn't really incentivize going in there. It was kind of like, what? Low drop rate swords? Really? That's it? So, it's this is kind of a both and. I think that they have sort of said, hey, um, if you're... Um, if you're going to be looking for aspirational content, we're adding something called Grandmaster. But then they're also sort of saying from Luke Smith's aspect is, we're looking at this. We're looking at doing more aspirational content, better aspirational loot, starting in year four. So Luke Smith's kind of acknowledging next two seasons, if you're really looking for aspirational rewards and aspirational loot, uh, I'm sorry, aspirational content, you're probably not going to get it. Or Grandmaster Nightfall ordeals is sort of like a we'll do a little something to try to get you by, but generally speaking, a lot of what he talked about is not going to be coming until year four, and I I think that makes sense. Seraph, do you think when Luke says more powerful legendary weapons, we could see uh, sights and barrels on some weapons as an additional slot? I don't think that's what he has in mind, but it's obviously it's possible. Eligible wall. What about weapons that are sunsetted work in the next year's raid after it's been a year that raid has been out? That doesn't that's not sunsetting. I said they should work in the normal mode and then you would grind normal for the hard mode. Uh, the loot from normal would help you in hard and you wouldn't be able to use your year old stuff in the hard mode, but you could use it in normal. Dr. Genade, what happens to the opulence last wave scourge of the past and Leviathan armor mods in the armor uh, if the armor gets sunset? He didn't say anything about sunsetting armor. He talked only about weapons. Reaper, do you think that we may eventually get old raid content? I have no idea. I would think that that stuff would take up a lot of space. Vaults of Glass and Crota and King's Vault. These are enormous, enormous pieces of content. They're huge. I don't know if they would want to take up that much space in the game. And it would be a lot of work. They got to rebuild them, essentially. McCheshire. Not sure if this has already been asked, Lono. Should the weapon sunsetting be a one-size-fits-all system? Maybe we could see a return of Pinnacle Weapons, but on a shorter sunset period as compared to others. I, it, it seems like you're going to get a weapon and it's going to have a set number that it can infuse up to. So in September, you'll get a gun and it'll be like, this can infuse up to 1,050. And you're like, great. And then a year later, 1,050 is not strong enough for aspirational content. Like, I don't think it's going to be... It, it, it's going to be like that. I don't think it's going to be like this. I got to consult some Rolodex mathematical chart to be like, where's this one on the rule set? Lord Jack. Is it just too much work to progress weapon usage by progressing enemy species instead of sunsetting? That's exactly right. It is too much work. Nobody considers the absurdity of some of the things that they say. People will literally say things like, and somebody said this on my YouTube, if the enemies evolved with us, this wouldn't be necessary. So what you're wanting Bungie to do, instead of using a system that lots of other games use that's sensible, logical, and it works... Instead of doing that, what Bungie should do is always turn the dial up on your weapons and then make the weapons, make the enemies stronger. They got to go into every pocket of the game and do that. They got to go into strikes, nightfalls, raids, and keep doing that. Not only do they have to do that, they have to do the same thing when they build a new piece of content. They're like, well, this has to be 
more st- stronger than that stuff, and then this stuff's got to be current and relevant to this stuff. And let me let you in on a little secret. If you got a gun a year ago that's a 10, okay? And then a year later, they create a bunch of weapons that are 11. So they have to turn the game up to 11. Guess what they just did? They just sunset your level 10 gear because it's not strong enough. It's not powerful enough. It's not pinnacle. It's not the best. They just did something way more complicated, way more complex, and they sunset your gear. Why? It's a 10. It's not strong enough. The perks aren't as good. It's not as saucy. They out they outdid this level 10 weapon with a level 11 weapon, and now the whole game has been legislated to this level 11 weapon. And guess what just happened? You just left behind all the level 10 stuff. That's the thing. People don't think beyond the argumentation to, like, protect their weapons. You're actually arguing for something that doesn't protect your old weapons. It unseats them and leaves them behind. Sunsetting is a logical solution to a problem that exists in games like this. Everything else that people throws out, yeah, you done played yourself. Like, that doesn't work. You're not achieving anything different than what they're doing, but they're doing it in a far simpler way. play a new game every time I come in it's the same thing I have really bad news for you if you're talking to me and you're talking about my stream like there's an empty box here in my hands that contains how much I care about you watching me or not Domo why not keep all the weapons we have now and just have Bungie make a weapon 2.0 system like armor had this allowed us to keep old armor but without the benefit of 2.0 perks well I think at a very general level that's what they are doing you're going to naturally prune your own weapon pool when they out when they do this because you're probably going to start going into content like the 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 raids or the dungeons or the grandmaster nightfalls and you're going to be getting guns to drop and gear to drop that you will naturally then start using you will prune your pool because bungie's going to be able to say we can make stronger stuff we can make better stuff because it only lasts for 9 to 12 months and you're just going to naturally prune you're going to naturally prune your weapon pool. This essentially is their weapons 2.0. If you go back and read the interviews with Luke Smith about this, he hinted at where they were going. He basically talked about they really need to consider the longevity of a weapon, infusing a weapon, how long you use your weapon. He he like he consistently like kind of hinted at that and that he did at least three or four inter- maybe it was just two he did a couple interviews where he really really hinted that this is where we we're going and it's that mentality that has ruined this game see a scrub i mean the game's as healthy as it's ever been so i guess don't ever come back i'll help you by banning you like you're just coming in and insulting people like i guess good for you go pin that marriage badge that merit badge on your boy scout uniform that no one cares about Mikkel do you think with guns being aspirational they will make them static roles instead of random you have limited time with the gun and if you're spending months trying to get a specific role it cuts into your downtime but this is six of one and half a dozen of another and I'll tell you why if they do static roles the only way you get longevity out of the content is with a low drop rate. So you're asking for static rolls, which would subsequently need a low drop rate. You can't do a static roll with a generous drop rate, right? That doesn't work. Because then you get the gun and you're like, well, I'm done. So, the 
it's just natural. It's just totally natural. It's like if it's scout, if it's a static roll, God roll, it's got to be a low drop rate. This is what they did with Escalation Protocol. And what happened to your buddy when he got his EP shotgun? He didn't want to run EP anymore. He didn't want to run EP anymore. So, I I think there's a better way here, Mikkel. I think or Mikkel. I never know how to say your name. I'm really sorry about that. I always bounce back and forth between pronunciations. Um. I think the hybrid system is a curated role that is the best. Now, Bungie would really have to do something good here because some of their curated roles are dumb. So they would have to actually be really good. You have a curated role in the mix of random roles. And some of the random roles are saucy. There's some really good stuff on there. There could also be an intrinsic perk that makes it really good in, in that raid like Oracle Disruptor. And so the static role is like the golden goose. So it can drop at any point in time. But it's not like going months without a fate bringer. If you don't make me wait a really, really long time for something like Anarchy or Fate Bringer, you undercut the value of the item in the grind. It's McQuell. Got it. McQuell. So I've been close. So I, I think a happy medium is that the gun is awesome and that the random rolls on it are all are all nice and saucy, and the absolute best, most pinnacle version is the curated version. So that's a hybrid of what you're saying. I, I don't think we can go all the way back down the lane of static roll with a low drop rate because you're going to run into the same problem that we had with Anarchy. Do you really want to wait two or three months to get Anarchy and then it's sunset, its sunset window is now even shorter because it took you so dadgum long to get it. There's got to be a reasonable amount of time to get something really, really good, but there also has to be a reasonable expectation of like, it, it's, it's, a, it's like a dance, right? It can't be too easy to get, but it also can't be too hard to get. It's got to kind of be right in that middle lane of if a season lasts for three months, you should be able to end that season and feel like I kind of got everything that I wanted out of this. And now the sunset timer is out there waiting, but it's okay. I got nine months to use it. The, The dilemma would be if you make the drop rate too fast, you're going to invalidate the content really quickly. You're going to run the raid for a month and what get everything and then you're done. That's too extreme too. Bungie's really been traditionally kind of bad about this sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes they're really bad about a pendulum swing. You don't want to have this pendulum swing of, well, we better make it a static roll and we don't want people to have to wait too long because of sunsetting. So it's a static roll with a high drop rate. Whoa, 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 you can't do that. You're going to murder that that content's relevancy. I'm going to run the raid, what, eight times and I'm done? Nine times and I'm done? That That's an equally bad system. It's a delicate balance of drop rate that is healthy enough, a range of roles that is healthy enough that, you know, a month and a half to two months, i am probably gotten most of what I want. There could be a Sasquatch that I can't find or get. You know, there could be a Bigfoot that I just can't get to drop. I can't find Bigfoot like the anarchy but people made a good point the other day about this you don't want somebody grinding for five months for mind benders and they finally get it and you're like well I, it took me five months to get the stupid thing and now it's going to sunset in four months it's going to sunset in five months like it's life cycle gets cut in half by the terrible drop rate or the lack of intentionality or the lack of a targeted farm 
there's a delicate balance here. So I've always said that Bungie has to figure out scalability, right? It's, they can make dope loot. They can make dope environments. Like, look at the Saint-14 weapons. They're awesome. Look at the environment. It works. Sundial's pretty dope. However, scalability is always the question. It's like, you either make guns that are stronger than what I have now, or you make guns that aren't that interesting because they're equal to what I have now. That's not good scalability. Every season, I'm getting more and more bored. Every season, I'm stacking a collection of weapons that are all equal, right? So, they've solved... They've solved the scalability problem. Every season, every year, they can offer something pretty dope, pretty awesome, pretty saucy, pretty new, because they know there's this internal clock on it that just keeps it from being eternally problematic. And so, they've solved scalability. Now, they have to work within this new system they're building and be like, okay, it's like a clock, right? Some gears are going to turn slower than other gears. There's going to be content that rewards you more often and at quicker intervals. There's going to be content where the gear turns slower. It rewards you at a slower interval. You just have to make you have to make sure that the bigger gears that turn a little bit slower aren't so slow and so frustrating that they invalidate the very reward that somebody's going for. So there needs to be some tuning. There needs to be some fine tuning here. You would need to basically say something like a mind bender, something like a something like a new uh, a, a new god tier weapon that you're chasing. It it can't take you six months to get it if the if the if the end game viability life cycle is nine months. So, I, I don't think Luke Smith's ignorant to what I just said either. I don't think he's gonna like, nah, yeah, we're adding endgame viability. Yeah, it took you six months to get the weapon. Oh, tough, tough luck, cupcake. You know, there's, there's, there's no way they would take that attitude. I think they would refine some of those core activities and their reward structures. Uh, Bub the chicken. What do you think about weapon ornaments that you can grind for when you can use your favorite looking weapon on newer weapons? I don't think making a weapon look like another weapon is a good idea. That's not really destiny. Uh, Transmog has limitations and that's where I would draw the line. Uh, thank you for gifting a sub to Donkey Sausage. Fletcher with a two month sub. Dars Shinobi with a, uh, a two month sub. Three months from God of Sniping. Thank you. Oh, you're continuing to get the subs. Thank you, Crucial. Sorry, I misread that. Have you experienced any loading time on console and needs a major fix? Console load times are pretty rough. I, I don't know if they have any way to fix that in the in the short term, but it is it has been um, highlighted by the community. Uh, Rage Against the Machine Loud says, I played a bit in the beginning of D2, was bored, and I stopped. Is it worth trying to come back? I don't really answer these questions. Come back if you want. Check out what they're doing. Check out the activities. Go to Bungie.net. I'm not going to sell you on getting in, back into the game. It's up to you. Dragon Slayer, do you think giving weapons seasonal mods would help give a greater incentive for getting new weapons than just reducing infusion limits? There's a couple of things here they could do. What you're saying, they could also do intrinsic perks to the content, like a raid gun stronger in the raid, a trials gun stronger in trials, and then trials is a power enabled, so eventually, you know, the, the, the guns would get sunset. So I think there's potential there. Domo, why not keep the weapons we have now and just have Bungie make a weapon 2.0 system like armor had this allowed me to keep the old armor but without the benefit 2.0 perks that's literally what they are doing it's just a little bit more restrictive in that there will be end game content that you can't take 18 month old guns into mix solo personally what weapon type would you like to see be the best in pve like snipers are dominant right now i never have an opinion on this i like using what feels cool and what's strong 
Uh, I love trace rifles. More trace rifles would be exciting. Snowman, off topic, but do you think we'll get D1 armor ornaments for D2? It's possible that the next Trials armor set will just be the next set that was in D1, the cat-like one. Pixel comment, are you concerned that Bungie may be spending too much time on and bandwidth reiterating content they choose to leave behind when releasing D2, rather than allocating that effort to just move further forward? Reusing assets is great and all, but why not make... Why make a sequel if you're going to spend valuable 10-year plan time reminiscing? Uh, this is just a this is just a really charged question with a lot of accusation. I'm skipping it. I don't like the way you phrase that. I feel like you're just grinding an axe. Red Rock. Uh, relevant to seasonal changes. Though not directly on point with today's focus, did Bungie say anything about the power cap increasing in Worthy? No, they didn't. It'll probably be in the TWAB. The real... Say... Say your... Say your sim? Uh, without... What about capping all seasonal weapons by its seasonal max power level, i.e. all sundial weapons would be kept at 970? Well, you can't do this because that's too quick. They're essentially going to do this. They're going to cap weapons on how far they can be infused. You're just doing it way too quick. You're being real stingy. Bungie's saying 9 to 15 months. You're saying 3 months. Well, not exactly. I mean, if the seasons are only bumping by 10. But still, I I, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they are just going to limit infusion total. Uh, Lexel, do you think having chaseable, chaseable cosmetic rewards like in WoW games like mounts, etc., would be good to have in Destiny? Have each strike have a specific loot in year one? I actually don't. This is where I don't agree with people that think they should be putting sparrows and emotes and ornaments in content. I, I, and I mean this. This is my opinion. I'm not saying that you're stupid. I think that that would be stupid. Okay, I understand where people are coming from, but I ultimately think that would be so dumb. I don't want to grind content for an item that I get once and I'm done. Like, go grind the arms dealer nightfall, and you get the sparrow, and then that's it. You're done. That's it. You're done. There's there's no other reason to go back in. There, it's there's no random rolls. There's no there's no loot pursuit. Now, that doesn't mean that cosmetics shouldn't be put into the game. But I don't think they should be put as like a loot pursuit where like I'm going into a strike and I'm like, please, oh, please, oh, please. I finally got the emote. Now that strike's invalid to me. It's like, it's over. It's done, right? I think cosmetics make more sense in an NPC with a seasonal grind where you're leveling up and eventually you get high enough level to get it. So it's kind of naturally progressing and happening. I think going flawless. I think Grandmaster Nightfalls, raids, all these places. You should be chasing loot that has like a role now if you want to throw in an emote in the raid like they did inspire that's fine if you want to throw an emote in trials that's fine like the scarab right it took a long time to be able to get scarab if you want to do something like that that's totally fine but the idea of creating like a bunch of chaseable rewards in all these different places that are purely cosmetic i think people really overstate the value of that i think it's kind of I, I really do think it's kind of dumb to take a bunch of content and be like, we're really going to revitalize it with cosmetics that you get and then you're done with the content. I, they could be a nice cherry on top, but I, generally I think people do this as like uh, like an argument against the Eververse. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to say there's not room for it. I think they make more sense in an NPC that you leveled up, right? you level up the NPC and then you kind of earn it throughout that season but being like dude I'm really going to grind this strike all week for this sparrow or this emote or something I don't know maybe this is just my, maybe I'm maybe this is just my opinion maybe I'm being really biased here I am definitely a gun chaser I like chasing guns I don't think that should be the only thing in there it could be like a nice extra like ooh cool 
and then I would say not in a specific strike maybe just in the playlist there's a vanguard emote maybe there's a crucible emote they just kind of drop in the playlist and I think if I'm going into particular activities though there should be loot to chase not just cosmetics I'm Iron Man. Why even have a new gun if they're going to last a certain amount of time? I'm kind of done answering this question. You're not grasping with the system or the problem that you're like trying to enumerate doesn't even exist. I'm kind of done arguing with ignorance. American Rocks. Would adding weapon transmog help get people not wanting to leave their guns behind? No, I, I, I don't think transmog it belongs in the game for weapons. Um, I, I really just don't think that's the right call. Weapons have so much identity and look and feel, and to be like, "What's that you're using? It looks like a Duke," and you're like, "Yeah, it's you know, it's this brand new giant hand cannon from the raid." I just I don't think transmog belongs uh, on on weapons. Jeffrey, what are your thoughts on bringing back uh, having to use a weapon to unlock perks on the weapon? Uh, really really don't think this would work for people I've always said that something they could do to add there could be a level of investment there could be a level of investment in the gun itself and I think it could be like when you first get a gun all the perks are tier 1 and the more you use the gun it goes to tier 2 tier 3 tier 4 whatever and then the little perk gets a little yellow outline but I don't think you should get a gun and be like ooh I wonder if this I wonder if this perk rolls any good let me try it out in 20 hours i don't think that's the right call you could use the roll test it out try it out feel it and then be like oh okay this is worth investing in as opposed to being like well you know i this roll might be good i could see what it feels like in 20 hours i gotta grind it all the way up so I, I i think we could take the idea and the spirit of that and bring it over in a way where it would feel like you're investing in a weapon but not like well, I got this this huge climb. Every time I get a weapon, I got to do this if I really want to check out the roll. Crucial. Would these new changes coming to weapons spring forward, uh, spring forth weapons that equate to Borderlands S type of weapons, or do you think that they will try to let exotics be the ones that have bombastic effects? Um, yeah, I don't know if they're ever going to really let legendaries run wild and feel like Borderlands. It's still Destiny. I still think guns need to have that satisfactory, like that there's something in that player feedback of like the gun popping up and feeling like an actual, like, ballistic gun that's shooting bullets instead of like shooting a hamburger or something. And I know you're not going that extreme, but like, I don't think we're going to get a bunch of legendaries that are like the, the, the colony, you know, spiders crawling on the ground. Um,. So I, I do think there could be obviously more like elemental effects like chain lightning and explosions and, and, and damage burn over time and, and things like that. Blinding, suppression, all these things that could, you know, maybe come in elemental forms. But I don't think we're going to get a bunch of Borderlands weapons. I think the idea is that Bungie's like, we could open up another perk slot and go a little bit crazy and we could get a little bit cooler with the weapons and make them a little bit stronger, but that creates power creep. How do we keep a weapon like this in check? And that's where sunsetting comes into play. Just like when people looked at affinity costs for changing armor affinity, when they looked at that and they thought, this is ridiculous, this is so expensive, look at how expensive it's going to be for me to change armor that's level 10. Whoa, 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 slow down a minute. Think four months down the line when you're grinding for armor in Season of the Worthy. This is going to be a great system for you, okay? Everyone's looking at their guns in their vault now and they're like, they're like Gollum, they're like, my precious, they're like, don't you dare take this from me. It's like, 
push the pause button and look a year down the line where they could add a weapon that has a whole other perk slot, a whole other element of sauce, a whole other element of power, and they can do that because they're handing you a weapon with infusion limits. You have to think down the line. This is not about your gear at present. They don't really need to sunset your Midnight Coup. They don't really need to sunset your Kindled Orchid or any other God Roll weapons that you manage to get your Awestring or all these, you know, I'm just thinking of hand cannons right now, but you get the point. They don't really need to sunset those weapons, but the system as a holistic approach to the game is about the future. It's about the next two years. It's about the next game. It's not about the here and now. Affinity cost change is the same scenario. It's not about the here and now. It's about where can the game go? Luke Smith says that at the beginning of the director's cut. It's not about whether or not Bungie can survive. It's where where's Destiny going to go and how can we get it there? That's what it's about. And ultimately, I think in a year or so, people will really start to see the benefits of the gun 2.0 changes when they start grinding for guns that have stuff that was probably not possible or wasn't possible in the old system because Bungie's saying they couldn't do it. That's plenty of questions. I'm going to keep streaming. I'm going to keep streaming. If you've enjoyed this content, it's like an interactive podcast. Please click the follow button and turn on notifications. That helps support me. Uh, It helps you not miss these streams. We do daily conversations and Q&As like this. You can lurk and listen. You can work and lurk. You can play and lurk. You can have me on around coworkers and kiddos. I'm family friendly. So make sure you press that follow button and turn on notifications. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always come in live. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.